Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. A horse! Bye. It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid. This is Common Man and T-Bone. The pandemic has ushered in this fitness craze and how people are getting healthier and they're doing all this stuff. And perhaps that's true, but I've never been fatter or drunker. And (laughs) is the entire world out there getting healthy? And I'm just here like eating ribs and drinking gallons of wine all by myself. Featuring Panama Ted, Leanna Ray on traffic. You know I hate you guys, right? And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want to remind everybody that it's Columbus Day. The only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the place. Does that make any sense to you? This is Common Man and (laughs) T-Bone. Welcome in. Hope you're having a great Wednesday. No Common Man today, so it's Bone and Chops. What's up, Chopper? How are you, man? Good, Bone. How are you doing? I'm enjoying the snow, actually, especially because when I do the shows, like from here, it's from home, so I don't have to go anywhere, so I just get to look out and see the nice white covering. It is nice, right? It's especially nice to look at snow when you don't have to drive in it. I am a big fan of looking at the snow, and yes, because I have been working at home pretty much, well, exclusively since March, I know you have to go in when you produce the shows, Mm -hmm. but when you're hosting, you get to be at home, too, so... Yeah, for those of you who are out in this, we wish you safety because we know people get very stupid when the snow starts falling, even if it's, you know, in some cases, it's a coating, just a brief little coating that then instantly melts because they got the roads all treated. But people still do sometimes, you know, overreact to that. And then sometimes people pay no heed to when, like, two days later, it's all frozen over. and They're like, oh, no, it's fine. And then they green off into a ditch so please be careful but also please be smart about what's going on on the roads pay attention to what you see out there and uh, use the correct amount of caution that's it that's it i i i don't know why this has to be said but i will say it there is something other than slamming on the gas and slamming on the brake there is a third option which is to leave your foot off the gas and the brake and let your car coast if you're not sure what's going on. If it starts to slide a little bit, don't just slam on the brakes. Sometimes just letting it coast a little bit is the safest way to go. So a yes. little helpful tip from me to you, someone who has wrecked in the snow twice. So maybe I'm wrong, and I'm terrible at driving in the snow. And were those wrecks into others, or were they into your just you know like a tree or something? Both times it was just a single car accident there. As mm-hmm. uh, as Ted was. That's always the NASCAR. most embarrassing because there's nothing you can say about it. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like it was me. I did it. Uh-huh. I messed up. It's the most embarrassing accident you can have in motorsports, where it's just oh, there's a caution. What? Ha- oh, single car accident. There's just a guy spun around out there, didn't know what he was doing. That was me both times. That's all I did. It's like missing yeah. the fast break dunk, kind of. <laughs> you know, it's it's right there for you. There's nothing yes. that should mess you up, and then just poof, all gone. Yep, exactly right. So uh, lots to get to today. We obviously have early signing day. Nash. I don't know. Am I? Can we just call this National Signing Day now? Because that's what it is. There's a second signing day. But this is the early National Signing Day that has become National Signing Day. I think we can call them both National Signing Day and just call this one the early one and the other one the later one. So they're like they're on the same level, but that's just how we differentiate it. So we don't have to get into all these words. So it's National Signing Day, 
early yeah. edition. Well, I think I think I would call it this is National Signing Day, and then the one in February now is Procrastinators Signing Day, where it's <laughs> like if you didn't want to make a decision right away, that's totally fine. But now yeah, you're those to- high schoolers not make their decision on time. <laughs> Yes, how dare they? We Jeez, guys, need, get they it know together. We, we need content, damn it. You're not <laughs> paid to do any of this. Please, all of the blogs need content. They're all going to be pining for something. Usually they are this time of year because they're in between all the games, but it's kind of weird this week because you have mm-hmm. a Big Ten championship game coming up a few days after signing day. So I'm sure Ryan Day, as much as he is excited to have these guys come in, Probably not the ideal way to do it is to have this happen in the midst of your season. I know they're usually preparing for a bowl game and hopefully a playoff game anyway, but this is just slightly different. It's an actual game week. So as much as adversity has been uh, in college football all this year, now you get I a little bit was, more of it. That was exemplified, too, by they moved up Ryan Day's presser. Like I think they they got all, all 21 signees in for Ohio State's class, which is a pretty good class, second-ranked nationally. But they got all 21 in at like 11 a.m., so they moved it up from, I think it was originally supposed to be around noon. They moved it up a half hour to 11.30 so Ryan Day could get in, get out, and get back to normal prep because, yeah, like you said, it's a game week. Normally, you're getting ready for a bowl game or a college football playoff game, but that's still probably 10 you know, 10 days or two weeks down the line, wherever you're at, you know, it depends on how the calendar falls. But right now, I mean, they play in five days or whatever. So it's full go with practice. And I think he just wanted to get to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot going on and <laughs> it's going to be busy. Obviously the rest of the way here, we hope for the Buckeyes who will, we believe have a chance at a national championship or at least in the college football playoffs. We'll talk more about the rankings, which came out and we're stupid. We'll get into all that. A lot of blue jackets on the sheet today. A lot of hockey on the sheet today. We'll get into it. Uh, there's some news about what Vegas thinks of the cruise chances for next year. And it's a good opportunity chops to point and laugh at FC Cincinnati when we talk about that because woof. <laughs> Woof, you like they are bad. That? I thought. I oh, thought they I love were like yes. your, your little, you know, your little sister, and you just like to take care of FC Cincinnati. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't. I only root for uh, the soccer teams from Ohio. So FC Cincinnati, being from Cincinnati, that would be Kentucky, and we don't root for them because there's only one team in Ohio that I'm aware of, and that's the Columbus Crew. That's your defending and reigning MLS Cup champions, by the way. Uh, so we've got that to come up. We've also got on campus, and we have a game show today. What are we doing for the game show? All right, for the game show, we did this, uh, you and me, for Bone Chops back in October. We went over scary movies I had watched versus titles I'm just making up. And now we're going to do it for a December crowd. We're going to do it to Christmas movies, Christmas movies I've watched versus titles I've just made up. And the same thing with the Halloween movies. There's a chance that like some of these titles probably do exist because there's like infinite Christmas movies nowadays. But I, I assure you, the ones that are fake, I, I made up and have not seen these movies. So that kind of makes it a little unfair to you, but whatever. I make the rules. It's my game show today. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Well, they're looking forward to that at 534, so we'll do all that. But obviously, we will start off talking about the 2021 Ohio State commits. Uh, they got, as you said, 21 guys signed their letter of intent today in the uh, quick early signing period. The I'll just run down the class real quick, Chops. If you have a comment on any of these guys, feel free. But most of it's just to get everyone the idea. But the main guys to pay attention to, uh, you have Jack Sawyer, five-star, everybody knows from Pickerington, defensive end, one of the best players in the country. All these guys are one of the best players in the country, for what it's worth. Amika Abuka, the wide receiver, they just uh, got to decide to come here to Ohio State, mm-hmm. another five-star guy. Donovan Jackson, offensive lineman, five-star. Trayvon Henderson, running back out of Virginia, five-star. I mean, 
just the the embarrassment of riches, and then Kyle McCord, the quarterback, who's a five star from Philadelphia. Five These five are, stars. That's a lot of five stars right there. Uh, you've got all that. You've you've got tons of other talent that we could run through here that I won't bore you with every single. I was player. saying this last night. I will say I'm going to give them an honorary sixth five star because they signed. He's at the, all the way at the bottom of the class, but Jesse uh, Mirko, he's a punter and he's a three star. And in my opinion, a three star punter is essentially a five star because they're never going to rank fair. a punter or a kicker any higher than three star anyways. So a five star punter for the Buckeyes as well yeah. in my book. Well, what's funny is I saw that Jesse Mirko was the number two player in his state, and I said, oh, what state is he from? <laughs> and the state is Australia. So, you know, the football powerhouse that is Australia, if you've not paid attention to them in the rankings, now he's the number two recruit from Australia, but he's no Isaac Pearson, who is also a punter, shockingly, from uh, from the state of Australia, as 24-7 puts it. He's going to Texas. But outside of him, you got Jesse Mirko, who's the second best yeah, it's prospect they, out of Australia. They opt for state for that ranking, and then for national, they put NA. Right. Like, like, we're being, like, if we're being. He's the know, number two recruit in the country. Yeah, he he's should the be the number two recruit on the continent, technically, over there. I mean, my God. I guess they don't want to confuse it with all the national ranks from the United yes. States, which is where most guys fall. But, it, yeah, just if we're being technical about it, it Australia is in no way a state. And no. as you mentioned, no. it's a country. It's a country. Actually, it's got a lot of things. For the purposes of college football, I think it should be a state. In fact, I think there should be a college because there, think about what that college would look like. They probably wouldn't have a lot of other talent. But if you ever got into a kicking battle, like if, if there was ever a Jim Trestle-esque <laughs> kicking battle, Australia State University would up be a at tough Spartan, out. Up at Spartan <laughs> Stadium, of course, because that's where punters have their best days. Right. Yeah. They have to go to Spartan Stadium. Maybe they know. would take like the, uh, what's it in the bourbon bowl in, in the water boy where they just decide to punt it after they realize that Bobby Boucher can't do yes. anything if we just right. punt it on offense the whole time. So all you got to do if you're Australia State is find a way to score any points, get any sort of lead, and then you can just punt the rest of the game and yeah. keep coughing, cornering, putting your guy, you know, your <laughs> opponent deep in their own territory. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a uh, it's it's the thing I want to see is Australia State University become a thing. But then that would mean we wouldn't get guys like Jesse Mirko. So congrats to him. Seriously though, on on the Ohio State front, good for him that you know, you're getting a kicker to come here and you obviously want to make sure that's always set up and and Ohio State has had a lot of success in that regard. But for the rest of this group, I mean, it's a talented class. It's the second best class in the country. Uh there may be more dominoes that fall on that later on, but overall this group that Ohio State has assembled as far as the recruiters who bring in these players, uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal. It's it's not matched in the Big Ten and almost isn't matched in the entire country. And they were number one for pretty much the entire like last year. And then Alabama, as they always do, just find ways to eat up elite recruits near the end, and they just are barely edging them out. I don't really know exactly how the point systems work i get the average one because that's just based on the average based on the grade of the players ohio state is 94.56 and they've actually passed alabama on the average one now at alabama's at 94.48 so very close there but then on the the total points uh alabama has got 315 and ohio state's got 310 so really only five points uh behind that to put that in perspective number three georgia is at 286 so if yeah, you can see right. the discrepancy there between two and three, one and two is not very far off. So yeah, if Ohio State were to find a guy after they figure out who's going to the NFL and some roster attrition, if they could add another guy, there's still a chance they get number one. But really, this one and two is a very 1A, 1B type ranking right now. And then there's everybody else. By the way, real quick, to point and laugh at Michigan, they lost two commits today 
Brendan Jennings and Quentin Somerville, two defensive players they were looking to bring in, who I believe are both four-star guys, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm-hmm. Brendan Jennings ended up flipping to Maryland, and Quentin Somerville flipped to UCLA, which, uh, no offense to UCLA, and certainly Maryland probably already understands this, but these are not football powerhouses, right? I mean, no. Michigan, Michigan isn't either at this point, but you're losing recruits to UCLA and Maryland. And this was, did they have a problem on defense this year? I seem to recall them giving up 40 points to a Wisconsin team that didn't, did not score like the rest of the season. So <laughs> I, I don't know if defense is necessarily where you want to be giving up players, but that's not great. And no. maybe those players are looking at the coaching situation and saying, we don't know who's going to be the coach there. We don't know who the assistants are going to be. We'll go elsewhere. But, uh, especially when they're four star players, because right now the rest of the Big Ten in general just does not have anywhere near the amount of five stars to compete with Ohio State. So you got to hold on to those four stars if you can't. Michigan has one five star. It was a quarterback from IMG Academy. Uh, and then they're down to nine four stars, whereas Ohio State, so Ohio State has 13 four stars and five five yeah. stars. Like we mentioned, Michigan, they dropped from nine. Yes. Yesterday, when we were looking at the recruiting rankings, to fourteen today. Yeah, that uh, five-star recruit is JJ McCarthy, which they better hope that kid is already like NFL ready because he ain't going to get any better under Jim Harbaugh. Like it's, <laughs> it's not like they're going to arguably they get worse. Like yeah, they, the I, only guys they can figure out are ready-made, full-on college players who have transferred in. Other than that, their quarterback development has been ridiculously bad. Yeah, I know, and I don't think it's going to get any better. But we'll we'll find out. Michigan. I mean, it's unprecedented seeing a school as bad as they have been with a coach who is as uncertain of a future as he does, just wait around before signing day and not make a decision either way. It, maybe we're going to keep him. Maybe he'll leave to go to the NFL. Obviously, that's not one you can make right now, but I yeah. bet you that's – I'm guessing that's what it is. And I can't believe Michigan is just letting themselves be hung out to dry to say, oh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, if you want to toy around with the NFL till we get – you know, until they get back to you, yeah, we'll let our, we'll let our recruiting class just hang here it's and so have weird too recruits it- leave. The way Harbaugh's been performing, it's not like he's a guy you desperately want to hang on to and just right. hope he doesn't go to the NFL in a certain way. Like, I get, you know, the reports are that they don't want it to be like a messy divorce and they don't want to just straight up fire him. But oh, at a I certain forbid. point, man, like if he's flirting with the NFL and thinking about it, then say, good luck, Jim. We're going to go find a different coach and figure it out because it can't really be much worse than it is with you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely right. Well, we'll find out what happens with them as we'll find out with uh, all these jobs. But in the meantime, Buckeyes are rolling, and that's what we want to hear on National Signing Day. Take a break, come back. College football playoff rankings came out last night, and they were stupid. We'll tell you why next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled vehicle blocking the right lane of 71 northbound at 270. Traffic is backed up to Stringtown Road in this area. Plan on some heavy slowdowns as they work to get the roadway clear. This traffic report is sponsored by Lowe's. Your crew has worked hard this year, so why not show your appreciation with a gift from Lowe's? Choose from brands like DeWalt, Metabo HPT, Yeti, and more. And while you're at it, get something for yourself, too. Shop in-store or at Lowe'sForPros.com while supplies last, U.S. only. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. Welcome in. Chops is in for Common Man today. Got lots to get to, including uh, on campus, 4 o'clock hour. Plenty of recruiting stuff today. Plenty of Blue Jackets uh, talk today as well. A few things there, but 
Chops, you were uh, telling me in the break there's uh, a little bit of news breaking about Ohio State basketball. Tonight they play Purdue on mm-hmm. the road, Mackey Arena. 7 o'clock tip, 6 o'clock coverage starts right after our show right here on The Fan. But there's a little news about this weekend's game that was supposed to be with North Carolina and now is not. Yeah, so they're playing in the CBS Sports Classic at the Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse up in Cleveland on Saturday. That is the 19th. That is still on. They're still playing in that event, but they've actually, the organizers of this event have changed. North Carolina will now face Kentucky at 2 p.m., followed by UCLA and Ohio State. They'll tip off at approximately 4.15, you know, depending on when that Kentucky-North Carolina game will end. Both games will air on CBS because it's the CBS Sports Classic. The revised schedule was created to more closely align COVID-19 testing protocols between the competing programs and their respective conferences, which, if you were paying attention to how things were going in the football season, it makes sense that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten would be closer aligned as far as their COVID-19 protocols in basketball because they were much closer aligned in their football protocols as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good idea from that standpoint, but it just highlights again how stupid the NCAA has been on this. Why is why, this, why are any events without fans being held at neutral locations? Why are four teams traveling to somewhere where they don't live? I don't to know. Go play a basketball game in front of nobody. Well, not just that, but also why? Why is every? Why are the different conferences on different testing yeah. re- regimens? Like, what if you're going to be playing schools against each other? And presumably, by the way, you better get this sorted out before that thing called March Madness, where they all play each other. You can't just divvy up who tested which way. I know we're all hoping by the time March Madness rolls around, that will be less and less of a concern, but. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand how the NCAA has not gotten ahead of this. And I saw Seth Davis had a piece today where he was like, you know, I think the leadership's been pretty good in college basketball. The coaches and ADs have stepped up, the commissioners of these conferences. Like, yeah, what about the NCAA? They have left it all entirely up to these schools, and that's why you have stupid stupidity like this happening. And unlike college football, the NCAA is actually in charge of a lot in college basketball. They are the organizers of the tournament, and right now we're going to get to this later in the show. They seem kind of like the NHL, where they're just going to be like, well, we're going to get to it, but yeah. well, we'll figure it out when the time is like, when we're pushing against the wall. I don't understand. I do. Whatever, man. It it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but I know that the I know that these I'm not blaming Ohio State for this and I'm not blaming anybody involved in this tournament necessarily. What they're doing is smart. They're saying, why risk it between these schools that have different, you know, capabilities or, or desires when it comes to testing? But that's where the NCAA should have said, Yeah, everyone's gonna test the exact same way, and if you don't like that, then I guess you can't play college football or college football. Then you can't football, be a basketball. member of our tournament this year, yeah. Yeah, this year you cannot participate in the tournament. You can play your season, your conference can do whatever they want, but you're not gonna be a part of that. I don't don't understand it at all. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um speaking of things that don't make sense, the uh college football rankings are out from last night and the top four remains, actually top five remains unchanged. Bam and Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, A&M are your top five. But then... They haven't changed gets, it all the whole time they've been doing the CFP rankings this year. Yeah, right. They're all just... It's the same the whole way. But then it gets a little weird here. You've got Iowa State up to sixth with their two losses. Florida drops down after a horrific loss at LSU. And let's call it what it is. They had half their team out. And the ones that weren't out because of illness or injury were out because they opted out of the season. You have a freshman quarterback starting, and you were favored by like three or four touchdowns, and you still lost this game. That's it was, atrocious. It was, it was in Gainesville with fans. And they lost, and I know, 
they lost to LSU. Florida LSU, oh, well, you know, anybody could win that game. Most years, not this year, not for a team that says they should be in the college football playoffs, but they got a favor done to them by this committee because they put Florida at seven. Explain that one, Chops. I don't think you can, but... Well, the explanation isn't based on what's happened. It's based on what could happen, and putting Florida at seven leaves the door open for them to not only jump Florida into the playoff if they beat Alabama in the SEC title game, but to say, well, they were the seventh-ranked team, so it's not that bad of a loss for Alabama, and Alabama would likely stay in the playoff. I don't disagree with wanting to keep Alabama in the playoff. I think at this point, trying to work things around to make sure that Florida can still get in is ridiculous. They they lost their chance. They Two this losses, is it. one to LSU, a very bad team this year. It's ridiculous. This is it. They want to leave it open so that no matter what happens in this game between Alabama and Florida, the SEC champion will not be left out of the college football playoffs. That's what they are setting this up for, which to me... I mean, you're you're writing you're writing the conclusion and then coming up with the hypothesis, right? Like just. that's backwards. <laughs> you could just say Bama is the best team in the SEC this year, but great teams do lose games occasionally. We still think they're the best team in the ACE, in the SEC, even though they lost to Florida in the championship game. If that were to occur, and I don't think it will, but if it does, you could still say Florida lost two games. Sorry, and I'm and yes, they deserve to be the SEC champs. They'll always have that. They don't deserve to get into the playoffs. We're going to put Bama in. Or, you know what? Drop Bama and put Florida in. I don't care. But I, they're leaving it open to say, well, if if the SEC champ is Florida, we're going to put them in. And, and that's just com- ludicrous to me. I wouldn't be completely about, opposed to dropping Bama, in my opinion, especially in this case. This this year, we have Notre Dame playing Clemson. They're 2-3. and three. Alabama playing Florida. They're 1-7. and seven. So comparable enough teams, teams within striking distance, according to their rankings at least, of the college football playoff. The loser of those games should not be in the playoff. It's the game before the playoff, and they're going to play a playoff caliber team and lose, and then you're still going to put them in. I do not like putting a team that lost their final game into the playoff, especially when that loss is to a team that is also playoff caliber, because there you go. That proves it that they should be knocked out of the playoff. They lost a game to a playoff-like team. It's ridiculous to keep them in. Alabama got in that one year where they didn't even go to the SEC title game, and they lost to Auburn, and then Auburn lost to somebody in the SEC title game, and then that put Alabama above Auburn. I just thought that was ridiculous. I just don't like the idea of losing your final game and getting in it. Oh, no, no, no. You're right, Chops. I was just going to say I agree with you. And I think there's more on this. I'll have more thoughts on it when we come back because it is it is just absolutely stupid. If you're a Cincinnati fan, you should be incensed today. And we'll talk about that more when we come back. It's Man and Bone with Chops filling in on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching that disabled vehicle blocking the right lane of 71 northbound at 270. Tap those brakes in that area. Traffic is stop and go from Stringtown Road. Plan a 5 to 10 minute backup over here. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today with professional counseling done securely online. Visit BetterHelp.com slash feel happy and get 15% off your first month. Only an array with fan traffic. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Welcome in. Chops is in for Common Man today. We were talking about the college football playoff rankings and just... (laughs) I know that they do this, Chops. It's not news that 
they set it up for the whatever they want. But yeah, last night was about as obvious of, of a situation as we have seen. And and by the way, Ohio State fans should not be worried about this. Like I know the theory is what happens if Florida wins, and then if if uh, Clemson wins, and now you got all these one loss teams, and then a two loss team in Florida, they're going to put them all in. Maybe I, they yeah. will. I Maybe. just don't think they would put in all teams with a loss or two losses in Florida's case. And as we were talking in the previous segment, two teams that just lost a game in no, over an undefeated Big Ten champion, Ohio State, even if they've only played six. It just seems like that would be a ridiculous it would choice. It would defy all of the logic they have previously given when it comes to... But they they are welcome to do that. They've done it many a times. But it would defy all their logic when it comes to the championship games matter. Well, if they matter, you would... In this scenario, have Ohio State winning a championship, albeit, yes, they played six games. They would have won a championship and played in that type of game where it's all on the line, and you say that matters more, and then you would just completely go away from that to put two losers in. I don't I don't understand that. I think your point is spot on, Chops. That th- you have two national uh, quarterfinals games. That's what you mm-hmm. would have here. Bama is playing Florida. That's a, that's a quarterfinal. And then Notre Dame and Clemson. And the winners of those two games, sure, put them in. And then I have no problem if the other two drop out. And I don't, to, to that point, I don't care if Alabama is one of those two teams. They should be, in my opinion, the team that goes from the SEC. But if Florida beats them straight up, I can see that argument. Pick one there, and there go with it. There has to be some time where we go by the results on the field. And we don't just go with the teams <laughs> yes. we want to put in. You know, I understand. Because, and they and, didn't drop Florida for losing to LSU, which would have been the easy choice to drop yes. Florida and say they're just completely out of it. And even if they beat Alabama, I, I would, I don't know. It's just so hard. Here, to here's the reality out. though, Chops. It is that it, they don't want to have a scenario where the SEC champion was ranked outside of the top 10 before that game. And if mm-hmm. Florida gets dropped where they should have, they should have fallen. You're telling me right now Florida's a better team than Oklahoma? Has anybody paid attention to Oklahoma lately? They're playing out of their minds. Yes, they had a couple bad losses early in the season, but Florida now has two losses. Oklahoma has two losses. One of those teams is playing a lot better than the other one. Florida is seven, and Oklahoma is 10th. And Which it makes I think- no sense to me. Well, they're setting up Oklahoma for a big jump because they get to play Iowa State for the Big 12 title. And if Oklahoma can beat this number six Iowa State team, which I don't know where that came from. The Cyclones are a good team this year. They've got some talent and it's one of, it's probably the best team they've pretty much ever had in school history. But I don't know how they move up a spot after not even playing last week up to number six. What, just because Florida lost? So we got to move Iowa State up. But Cincinnati <laughs> got moved down for not playing and they're eight. No, it may. The word salad that your guy Barta gave yesterday just <laughs> it makes no sense. And I he was say like, Brees Hall's like the best running back in the country. I didn't check if he's still the leading rusher after this week because they didn't play, but he was last week. And it's like that. Uh, Brees Hall is actually a really good back. And I, I, I mean, uh, as an individual player, great player, but having the leading rusher in the country, what does that have to do? Not a anything? reason to move you up to number six, especially when you lost to Louisiana, who they have ranked all the way down at 19th, who's nine and one, whose only loss is to Coastal Carolina, who they only have at 12, even though they're 11 and 0. I know. And sadly, trying to explain this to someone who doesn't really follow it or is, isn't paying attention to college football, I can understand how this all seems like a bunch of jargon. Like, I do get that. But what, what I can cut through all of this to say is the college football playoffs tell you certain things matter. The selection committee tells you we believe in X, Y, and Z. 
And then they do things that don't even come close to lining up with what they say they believe. And we're all just supposed to, as college football fans, go, yeah, this is legitimate. This is totally okay. We're, yeah, we've basically given in to the fact. Well, I mean, not. Nah, we talk about it all the time. But we've aligned ourselves to just say, well, whatever reasoning they want to use for that week or for that top four or for that year's playoff is just the one we're going to go with because they change it all the time. They have this list of criteria they go for, but they don't use every piece of criteria every week. They don't use every piece of criteria on every team. They just pick and choose the one, two, or three of them that make what they're saying this week a bigger deal. And I believe this for a long time. I don't think they have much of an interest rating teams outside of the top six or so. And they pretty much just use the rest of the top 25 to prop up other things within their rankings. Uh, this one's weird. It doesn't really matter, but like North Carolina, they move up two spots for, to number 15 because they beat Miami. But are they getting credit for beating number 10 Miami or number 18 Miami? Cause now Miami's <laughs> number 18 and North Carolina. It's just like, where's their reasoning? Whereas Indiana hasn't been able to move up at all. Indiana six and one. Their only losses to number four. Ohio State. Clemson's only losses to number two Notre Dame. They're nine and one, and they're number three. Yeah, yeah. It, I, you could actually make the argument with Indiana. All right, but they have had an injury at quarterback. Texas A&M is and seven and one. They're only losses to number one Alabama by twenty eight, which is a lot bigger <laughs> than tw- than seven. Like Indiana lost to Ohio State, and Indiana hasn't been able to move at all. They're six and one. They've only played one less game than A and M, which is crazy. When Dabo came out and was talking about, oh, a ten win A and M, I'd have a hard time keeping them out. Well, they can't even get to ten games. They yeah. play Tennessee this week, who's garbage, and it wouldn't matter if they beat them by a hundred. I do not care about Texas A and M, but then. They would have only played nine games. It's not ten or eleven, like you were saying. It's 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 farcical. And then what is what I would be frustrated by? And, and full disclosure, by the way, go run the tape back a few years ago when Ohio State got in after not appearing in the Big Ten championship game. We've all kind of wanted to forget about that because of how that season went. But the reality is, at the time, we were saying on this show, it's probably not okay that Ohio State's getting it like that. That that is that is pretty cheap that they're letting Ohio State get in after losing to Penn State. But and and, and that is what happened. That mm-hmm. Penn State won that game and won the Big 10 title, if I'm not mistaken, and they said, "Yeah, but you have two losses. Ohio State only has one and they lost to the Big 10 champions." <laughs> <laughs> and so they had a quality yeah. loss, and they let them into the playoffs. Meanwhile, the team that won that game, they said, now you have two bad losses. So they didn't let Penn State in. I'm not trying to take the side of the Penn Staters. I can't, I, I can't stand Penn State. But this system is stupid if we're just going to ignore the results on the field. And mm-hmm. we're also going to ignore that teams like Cincinnati – Play in Division One college football. No, they don't play in a Power Five conference, but they play in what is supposed to be equal, right? That's supposed to be an equal footing. They yeah. have gone undefeated this year, playing eight games, and they're not even they're not even getting a question of like, could they be one of the top four teams? We don't really know. If we wanted to just get to the bottom of who's the best in college football, then you would have to consider Cincinnati for that discussion. But they're not even going, you, you got your answer. If there were UC Bearcats fans that were still curious as to if they'd get in or not, or have a chance to get in, you got your answer last night. They're dropping you down despite you not playing and saying, yeah, well, you're undefeated, but we don't know how good that is. We can't trust it. Then why even have these conferences be a part of it? Just say it's Power 5 only and move on with life because yeah. it's not fair to those schools where they do try to put together some kind of resume. The you And you brought this up in the pre-show meeting, Chops, and it's spot on. What in your mind would be the only thing that would allow a Cincinnati of the world to jump into that top four? You said it in the pre-show meeting. 
They would well actually Ted said it credit to or Ted, Ted said it sorry they'd have to schedule Ohio State in the in their pre conference schedule and they'd have to beat the Buckeyes yeah, on the field that's that's the only way you're going to get and one even of these then I'm not sure because then Ohio State would have a loss and where would they be for the rest of the season and what would the committee rank Ohio State if they if Ohio State then picked up a Big Ten loss throughout oh, a season if, right then now they have two losses okay Ohio State is somewhere what number ten Cincinnati has a win over number ten but Florida has a win over number eight Georgia who's also seven and two it also would be you know what though it it would also be this if if a team like Cincinnati scheduled a big time say it was Notre Dame and they beat them and then Notre Dame went undefeated the rest of the way and beat a couple of like Say Notre Dame had the Clemson win this year, right? And let's mm-hmm. say that you know they had another win. They would look at that they and would say, get "Yeah, the quality." Clemson, loss. Clemson played the tougher schedule, and their loss was to a really good team. And they would get in over Cincinnati, who beat them. Yeah. It's just it, or worse just, off. The Notre Dame would get credit for the quality loss against Cincinnati, and Cincinnati would get the respect of being considered a quality loss, but not an actual contender for the yeah. college football playoff. Here, here's the good news. Bottom line on this. Uh, this system benefits Ohio State. So we're, we're laughing about it and making fun of it and, and ripping it for being logically inconsistent. And if you're asking us to apply logic to it, it makes my brain hurt, some of the arguments that they made last night. Most of the time, they just come out and try to parade around about how much football they watch or they... It, yes. They, it reminds me of Lee Corso on College Game Day. They kind of find one little fact and they throw that out there for each team, and they really don't have any insight onto these teams because I don't believe they're watching as much football as they no claim way. to watch. They're There's clearly no not watching chance. the group of five. I'm not saying I watch every game every week, but I watch enough to know that Florida should not be the seventh-rated team in the country after losing to LSU, and Georgia should not have moved ahead of Cincinnati. They're seven and two, and Georgia they finally figured out their quarterback situation, but for the most part, they've been a pretty average team this year. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's laughable. So there you go. College football playoff selection committee makes no sense, but the good news is Buckeyes win, they're in. That's all you need to know. Uh, we take a break. When we come back, uh, we will talk a little bit about a poll that the athletic did where they talked to CBJ fans. I thought it was pretty interesting. We'll get into that next. It's man and bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and heat services traffic center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the shoulder of I-70 eastbound before Hamilton Road. This is an injury crash with police and ODOT crews on scene. Please be extra cautious over here as traffic swerves to avoid this plan about a 10-minute slowdown. This traffic report is sponsored by Lowe's. Your crew has worked hard this year, so why not show your appreciation with a gift from Lowe's? Choose from brands like DeWalt, Metabo HPT, Yeti, and more. And while you're at it, get something for yourself, too. Shop in-store or at Lowe'sForPros.com. While supplies last, U.S. only. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. No common man today, but Chops is filling in for him. Buckeye basketball tonight. They take on Purdue right here on the fan. Coverage starts at 6. Tip. Tip. It's just after 7. Uh, it's National Signing Day. The Buckeyes killed it once again. Tons of great recruits. The second best class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, uh, including five five stars. So, yeah, it's still rolling Number with one Ohio class, State. according to Ryan Day. Oh, hey, well, you know what? If he Ryan said that Day to says them, so. This is the best. It's about fit for them, and this is the best class they could have signed. 
I'm not going to argue with him. Would you? Results. I mean, are, not when it's results not when are it's pretty that great. Close. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> that, that to me. It's a little bit of coach spin, but when the when the class is this good, I'm okay with a coach saying that because yeah, He's it not, is really good. There's not a player on there that you're like, ah, oh, I don't know about this guy, or I wish that. Yeah, I mean, there might be a few players who got away, but for the most part, any team would be happy with this signing. Even even Alabama, who has the number one class, maybe they wouldn't swap with it. But if they didn't know that the class they currently have didn't exist, and they somehow had this class they would be fine with it yeah if paul chris said we've got the number one class in our book like oh okay that's fine that's not <laughs> that's a little different than the, the class that ohio state's bringing in but that's that's fine so good stuff there for the buckeyes saw this from the athletic they polled uh, more than 1500 readers with a uh, a bunch of blue jackets questions fan survey to find out what people think about the blue jackets uh, on a variety of issues and i thought the responses were interesting so we'll, we'll discuss a few of them here uh, so the first question they asked, Chops, and I'd like to point out again before we get into this, it's 1,500 people. That's not all of Jackets fandom. It is 1,500 people who pay to read a news site that covers hockey. So you are talking P1, number one fan, like intense people who are following this more than just casually. That's who's responding to this. So So understand that first and foremost, and then we go from there. Uh, the first question, have the Blue Jackets made enough significant moves this offseason to change their status in the Metro or Eastern Conference? Obviously, they probably won't be in the Metro this year, but the idea being, are they much better than they were this time last year? 82% said no. 18% said yes. So they don't think that the you know additions of Max Domi and a couple of the other moves they've made were enough, and I, I the, tend to agree with that. The but. wording of this one is interesting, though, too, because it's to change their status in the Metropolitan Division. The argument could be made that, obviously, you always want to be a better team, but they're in a pretty decent spot as far as their status in the Metropolitan. It's not like they're the worst team in the Metro. So there's still it a team a, that can make yeah. the playoffs and kind of finish and, you know, get into that, that realm of being the third team, maybe even second, if they really play, you know, lights out. So I, the wording of the question makes the no a little easier to say without you being fully negative on the idea of where they sit in the division. Who do you consider the blue jackets? Number one goaltender, the answer, Elvis Merzlikens, 53% Jonas Corposalo, 47%. So, going to be a tough that's, that's i don't think that's, I mean, that's wrong how, to be that close that's how, that's feel, how it right? is yeah yeah it is exactly that that does not surprise me at all if it was lopsided 90 percent one way or the other i would be very surprised and that's why it's, mm-hmm. it's not surprising to see that i find this interesting how would you rate the blue jackets need for more offensive firepower the options are not needed a definite need desperate or extremely desperate which if you can explain the difference to me between desperate and extremely desperate, because extremely just means very, and very just means the word you said. So it, desperate, desperate is what that is. So it, yeah, it, it reminds me I of guess, those surveys where it's like strongly or gr- agree or greatly agree, and you're like, right. which one? I know in the order you're listing them, which one is supposed to be yeah. stronger. But at the same time, these seem it's like just, the same thing. It's weird wording. But either way, when you combine desperate and extremely desperate, that's over 41% of the respondents, 58% said a definite need as far as the Jackets getting more firepower. So it was only like 0.5% said not yeah. needed. They don't need any more firepower, which, which again, I find that interesting because everyone kind of assumes here that, yeah, the Jackets are going to need a little bit more to, to improve where they are, uh, and they do need more offensive firepower. 
And yet, this offseason, so far, we haven't really seen the Jackets go out and do that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what uh, Yarmo's plan will be for that. One of the other questions was, should the Jackets be willing to trade Zach Wierenski to acquire a game-changing forward? Now, everyone's just said, desperate need, yes. very great need, big-time need, need offensive weaponry. All right, would you trade Zach Wierenski? 79% said no. So <laughs> I am I'm actually getting word right now that the fifteen hundred respondents are also members of the college football playoff committee. So that explains why some of their logic is pretty inconsistent here. I get right. that. I mean that makes sense if now. it's if it's a if it's a really solid need for your team, unfortunately you're going to have to give something up that is of significance. Now I wouldn't yeah. want to trade Zacharinsky either, but at what point do you think they need more goals? It, everyone seems to agree with that. So uh, they yeah, did for have the people question. saying saying desperate and extremely desperate. It's over, as you said, like forty percent. And then yeah. yes to trading Zacharinsky is only half that. So it seems like if you were desperate, that that would include trading Zacharinsky. It would include practically anything. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting because then they add a question again about in hindsight were they right to go for it in twenty eighteen by keeping Panarin and Bobrovsky and not trading them off? Eighty two percent basically said yes they agree with yarmo it was the right thing to do to go all in um which it it seems like sometimes the questions aren't weighted against the others and it's just yeah it's like what they're thinking about the specific issue the trust in yarmo is off the charts on this poll but yet they all say like oh yeah we need more goal scoring we need this we need that so it's curious i enjoyed reading it it's definitely worth a read if you have the athletic to go check it out one survey there was pretty good go ahead chops one last thing on it boomer did receive one vote for the best player to ever wear a blue jacket sweater (laughs) yeah so they they left they left it open and so the write-ins were pretty good like ron tugnut got some votes grant klitsam got some votes so all right jackets fans showed up remembering some of the uh, old-time club legends you know people are gonna vote tugnut if they get a chance to that was the whole absolutely that's all we were told to do was vote tugnut you're absolutely right uh, we'll take a break. What does Vegas think of the cruise chances for next year? The defending reigning MLS Cup champions, I will tell you next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some pockets of slow traffic on 670 westbound between Grandview Avenue and I-70 and I-70 westbound between 670 and Hague Avenue. Plan on five-minute delays in both areas. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Visit BetterHelp.com slash feelhappy for 15% off your first month. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. That's BetterHelp.com slash feelhappy. Only an array with fan traffic. Happy to be wrong, which is good because they're always wrong. This is Man and Bone. Welcome in. Chops is in for Common Man today. Man and Bone sponsored by Hinderer Motorsports right here on the fan. That's now, official we... Tim Hall source, Chops. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. He acknowledged that in the... In the update that you were the guy, he, yeah. if you heard it right here on the fan, and then you said it, and then he reported it, so that makes you a source. Fan insider chops. <laughs> Do you want that as the title? I mean, we can we can certainly. I mean, give if you that I can just make up news it. and just tweet it out, then sure, we'll go with that. Well, hey, that that's a whole other segment of the internet. I mean, but I yes, can that do that exist. if I really want to do. There's that, plenty right. of people doing it anyway. Heck, have you met like half of the Buckeye reports that we get that are just like, I saw this on a message board. It's like, I, yeah, I bet you did. Okay. It's just great. in. Jim Harbaugh fired. He's now the offensive line coach for the Detroit Lions, not head mm. coach. 
yeah, offensive that's line That's right. Coach. There you go. Sources Is that your me. insider source? Okay, that's yeah. good. Absolutely. Uh, before we get to this stuff about the crew's uh, chances for the uh, for next year for MLS Cup, I saw this about James Harden. So the Rockets guard, everybody's pretty aware of James Harden by this point. He's been hard to not know, be aware of him after a little uh, weight gain. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing. Okay. So last night, the photo goes flying around the internet of him in pregame warmups. If you've not been following this story, and that's okay, James Harden does not want to play for Houston. He has asked for a trade. He specifically asked to go to the Nets, but they have said, no, we're not trading you to the Nets unless we can get all these pieces, but we will decide where we trade you, not you. And it's going to depend on how much we can get. So he's not happy. He does not want to be there. Apparently showed up, and, and this initial photo made him look like, like people were saying he looked more like Kendrick Perkins than, than James Harden. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, angles are weird on photos and everything like that, but it looked like maybe he'd gained like 15 pounds or something like that. Sure, sure. But then I, I went looking because I'm like, I, there's more photos of this. He's on television. We should be able to see this. And and there were photos from like the day before where he had come to a shoot around and stuff. And he had a t-shirt on and his basketball shorts and he looked like James Harden. Like he did not yeah. look out of shape at all. So I don't know what was going on last night. I don't know if he had like three warm-up shirts underneath that. I don't know what was happening, but the bigger story today is that ESPN's Tim McMahon has said that the reports have come out that like in his off time with the Rockets, not meaning like the off season, but whenever they have two or three days off during a season, it's been his request and they've mostly granted him permission to do it to have a day off. And then what he does on his day off is he flies to Vegas or another city and parties. And Oh, the like, old Dennis Rodman. Okay. Well, yeah, the old Dennis Rodman. And I've seen people actually bring that up on Twitter. Like, what well, was the problem? Dennis Rodman helped him win a championship when he was doing that. And it's like, right. <laughs> was Michael Jordan do doing that? <laughs> was the leader of the team doing is, that? <laughs> Dennis Rodman did it. Why can't I? Probably uh, reevaluate some things. Yeah, and, and the bigger part of the story is it goes on and says that the culture there in Houston is kind of James Harden runs the show, and whatever James wants to do, that's what he gets to do. And the culture there is pretty much, well, just don't make him mad and don't upset him and stay out of his way. Don't criticize him. So, you I know, believe they this have is, a first-year head coach, too, so that's not Oh, yeah, be, that's right. That's, he's not going to be able to get control of that. There's no, they would need you know a really seasoned guy, I would think, to be able to do that. And that's kind of the problem with the whole NBA as a whole is just like the players run the show now. Yeah, they do, but but and certainly there's there's reason for that. I mean, James Harden's scoring thirty points a game for the last three years straight. He's he's going to be valued. He is obviously a commodity, but I do think there is a little of this that you'd have to wonder if maybe some of this isn't coming out now because the team is somewhat trying to show that like, look, there's a reason why we haven't been able to trade this guy, and it's not like it's been easy. We've we've been trying to deal him, but reputation is getting out there about him. Now, I don't know that this would serve your purposes if the team did yeah, that release the sandbag it wouldn't trade really, asset. It wouldn't really help you trade him, I wouldn't think, and get what you want for him. But I don't know if it's becoming more personal. I have no idea where this story is coming from, but just keep an eye on that. Because, by the way, the NBA comes back in six days, and if you are someone who doesn't watch the NBA regularly, that's okay. Totally understood. It may not be for everyone. But the drama around the NBA is certainly worth following. Just... Follow one of the NBA reporters like Woj or Shams. Like, just follow someone that will tweet all this stuff out. It will provide you endless hours of entertainment over the next few months because there's bound to be more drama coming from the NBA. It's always, uh, always it's always fun. 
we always joke that like sports are the best reality TV. Well, like the NBA has the reality TV of just the normal sports, but then like, yeah, the same level of drama that you get from like the real housewives of New York or wherever. So I guess this is the real basketball stars of Houston right now. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, so I saw this today from uh, betonline.ag, which is one of the various sport books you can go to if you are someone who likes to do that and bet illegally. But uh, they put out their odds for MLS Cup for next year. This is not just to make it to the playoffs or make it to MLS Cup. This is to win the whole thing, okay? Last year, at the start of the year, the crew were 33-1 to 1 odds to win MLS Cup. And I remember saying at the time, hey, you might want to look into that because they assembled a pretty good roster now, I didn't follow through with that, and I wish mm. I would have, but I know a few crew fans did, and they made some money last yeah. weekend, so I'm happy for them. Uh, this year, it's a little different story. It's not 33 to 1 odds. The crew, Portland and Toronto FC are all 8 to 1 odds to win MLS Cup. That is not the best odds you can get as far as being an MLS team. FC Dallas, New York City, and the opponent in MLS Cup, Seattle, they are 7 to 1 odds right now. So, Interesting though, the crew are basically have some of the, the top odds to get back to MLS Cup, and that makes a lot of sense. They're going to be loaded again next year. They may make additional improvements to the roster. So go the rumors. Um, so yeah, the crew are sitting in a good position. And as a crew fan, I can't help but feel pretty good about that. I'm pretty excited. Let me ask you something. Historically, does the loser of the MLS Cup suffer a similar fate to like the loser of the Super Bowl? You know, there's kind of that lose the Super Bowl hangover or has, have MLS teams that have been able to go to the cup and lose been at the top of their game again the next season? More yeah, it, it's it's more consistent. I mean, New England famously back 10 or 15 years ago, they went three straight years and lost every year, but they were like the you know Buffalo Bills of MLS yeah. there for a bit. Um, and, and Seattle's lost a few while they've also won a few. They've made it four of the last five years. They've lost three of those and won two of them. So... Yeah, Seattle has has made it back every year. It wouldn't be surprised me if Seattle's back again. Toronto yeah. has been pretty good even after they've lost and they've come back. So, yeah, that wouldn't totally surprise me if, if those teams are back up there. But the other quick ones I wanted to highlight, because I'm sure I think most of us can get behind these. Um, so Austin FC, that's a thing. Anthony Precourt, <laughs> the former crew owner, they're starting up play this coming season. This is their... so. The crew got their MLS Cup in just before the deadline. I'm really happy about that. Got another MLS Cup to stick it to Anthony Precourt. So the first year that he's owning a team or the new team that sh he wanted to be the crew, but it's not. They have to send them to Columbus for the banner game. They, they have oh, to. Let me, well, so, okay, there's a few ways that could go. I'll, I'll have more thoughts on that in a second, but they, they absolutely will make something of this. I guarantee you. Um, but Austin sits at 50 to 1 odds. Okay. FC Cincinnati, which already exists and has a team, is 100 to 1 odds. Austin is starting this year at 50 to 1. They've never had a <laughs> you don't team. Know anything about Cincinnati is 100 to 1. You suck, Cincinnati. You are terrible. Hell is real, baby. I don't even like Austin. I hope they lose every single game. But the rivalry for me is FC Cincinnati. And the fact that they come in with better odds, double the odds that you have to win MLS Cup, I love it. Bring it on, FC Cincinnati. Bring it on. It's but just yes, fun to watch your rivals burn, isn't it? Oh, yes. It's so great. It's so great. And and they are. I mean, they're not wrong. FC Cincinnati is going to be terrible next year. But Austin may be equally as terrible. It's just 
We'll see how they do with their expansion draft. The they just had. Of, Austin's getting credit of the unknown that like we know they're probably not going to be good, but we don't know that they're going to be bad. So 50 yes, more. they are. It's literally that they have no idea what all their signings are going to be, so they're just kind of putting them dead we in the middle. We just know and saying, FC we'll Cincinnati's going to be bad. <laughs> yes, they've seen the roster and they're very aware <laughs> it's trash. So uh, back to your thing about Austin. Here's what usually happens with Major League Soccer. They like to highlight two things for their opening game almost every year, almost without fail. They like to highlight the team that is opening a new stadium or the team that is a new franchise. Even if they don't have a stadium yet, if it's a new franchise, they like to put them on opening weekend and put that as like a big, you know, Fox what about national the defending game. champ. Do they also like they to highlight also that? like to highlight that they like to highlight their uh. defending champ. So here's what I could see them do. They could start the season in Columbus with Columbus hosting Austin and doing that, but Austin's going to be opening their stadium. And sometimes, and they have done this. I have seen them put the defending champ on the road in that type of environment. What if they might, and it would not surprise me at all if Dong Arbor does this, they might put the crew on the road into Austin Stadium. Now, I'm not sure if it's ready to be done yet by the by the start of the year, but I would guess it is because unlike the crew, they don't have anywhere else to play, so they have to get theirs done, I would think, by the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they are opening the season with that stadium, I wonder if they would put the crew in it. As the defending champs, they get to open the season, but they open on the road in Anthony Precourt's building. It would not surprise me if they would try to do that to the crew. But I would love it if they did say, Austin, you get to start on the road and you get to go back to Columbus, Anthony Precourt. And they well, do the banner ceremony before the game and they'd come out with the second star on the on the jersey and man, uh-huh. that would be awesome. Yeah. And then guess what that means for Anthony Precourt? You either have to not attend your new team's inaugural game <laughs> or you have to come back to Columbus and face the music. One way or the other, I'm for it. So I actually kind of like that idea. Oh, and when he comes, you, you know, he'll probably be in a box or something, but they have to somehow figure out a way to trick him into being like, oh, your box is actually over here. And all, and all of a sudden he walks down a tunnel and he's on the field. And then they, <laughs> they just, they just get to shower him in booze. It would be perfect. It would be perfect. It's like Dr. Pete Edwards and like Jimmy Haslam just showed up as maintenance men who were like, oh, sorry, it turns out I got to work on the faucets in here. You're going to have to go stand outside. (laughs) Like, what are you, right now? It's like, yeah, sorry. It's like, are you, is that D Haslam in disguise? Like, nope, it's not me. No, I don't know what you're talking about. You're going to have to get out of here. I love it. And they just send him around to different boxes the whole time. It'd be awesome. Absolutely awesome. That would be, uh, yes, it would be a pipe dream for me. I would, I would definitely enjoy that. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. Just how prevalent is cheating in college football recruiting? The answer will shock absolutely no one, but we'll discuss it next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching an accident blocking the shoulder of I-70 eastbound before Hamilton Road. Traffic is still slow from James Road in this area. Police and ODOT crews are on scene. Please be extra careful over here. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today with professional counseling done securely online. Visit BetterHelp.com slash feel happy and get 15% off your first month. Only an array with fan traffic. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. Back to Man and Bone. Welcome in. Chops filling in for Common Man today. We've got Buckeyes and Purdue tonight at Mackey Arena, 7 p.m. Tip. Tip. 
6 p.m. Coverage starts right here on the fan right after our show. Uh, so also National Signing Day, plenty of coverage to come on that as well. But uh, there was something we saw on National Signing Day, Chops, that was pretty interesting uh, about how the uh, recruiting in college football might just not be as squeaky clean as you think it would be. And I'm, I don't know about you, Chops, but I am floored by the information that is revealed in this story. But uh, yeah, go ahead. All right. So Ari Wasserman of The Athletic, he's a national recruiting um, analyst type person for them. And he went and he interviewed staffers, recruiting staffers across many different conferences for college football. And just basically, it was just a collection of some of the the quotes from it. Um, one SEC recruiting staffer says cheating happens all the blanking time. So there's your first mm-hmm. hint of what's to come. This one from a Mac uh, of, uh, recruiting worker. No, nobody turns anyone in because they'll find out who did and you'll get blackballed from the industry. So basically it's kind of a snitches get stitches scenario right now in recruiting. A few of the other ones I highlighted here, one from a Big Ten staffer, quote, I move on, I will advise a kid and move on. It's the rules of the streets. You don't snitch. If you want to run your program that way, fine. If it is a kid I care about and have a relationship with, then I will give them advice. I don't turn anyone in because it doesn't affect me. That's an interesting way to end that one because, (laughs) as we all know, recruiting is the lifeblood of college football teams. So to say it doesn't affect you to lose a recruit because somebody is doing something under the table to possibly lure a guy to a different school is an interesting take to me. Yeah, it really it's it's really interesting when you hear that because I I would think that most of the big time programs would assume that they need to get the recruits. And we all know, right, the big time programs I I I think there's a perception that you know, the Bamas or Ohio States or Clemsons of the world, they must be the dirtiest of programs because they've got all these recruits coming, right? But mm-hmm. I tend to think it's the other way around. I tend to think where your recruiting battles happen, as much as they do happen between Ohio State and Bama, like, but Ohio State can well, just bring you to the facility that is already as, 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 as immense and, and immaculate as you can imagine. And they're going to win the battle against 90% of the other schools to get a player to decide to go between Bama or Clemson or Ohio State, that's not the type of thing where I assume this goes on. I assume it goes on when Michigan State and Wisconsin and I'm not saying these schools are cheating. I'm just saying that's like, where I assume it's tougher. Ole Miss was cheating when they started getting all those good recruiting classes and were able under Hugh Freeze to beat Bama a couple of times. And it all came out that like, oh, yeah, they were pretty much just cheating to get all these stellar recruits. Yeah, I, I'm saying I would assume it is it is tougher when you're one of the middle-tier programs and you're trying to ascend to that upper level. That's where I presume it goes on. And I said Michigan State, Wisconsin. I'm not saying those schools are doing that. Far from it. What I'm saying is at those schools, at that level, where you're not one of the top five programs, you're not expected, though, to be one of the worst programs either. You're expected to be pretty competitive. Those are the schools that I would think the environment would be ripe to do it. But again, if you've met like Barry Alvarez and Paul Christ, I, I would be floored if those guys are the ones that are in on that type of thing. Uh, but you look down in the SEC and it's much more competitive, especially when you have schools that are in the same state and those schools are fighting, you know, tooth and nail for every single recruit. I do think that's where it gets a little dirtier, but, uh, this, intra- I mean, oh, go ahead. I was going to throw in these other quotes because you mentioned the SEC. So, 
I'm in the Southeastern Conference. I see cheating all the effing time. That was the, the quote at the beginning. SEC 2, I do work in the SEC, so basically just admitting to it. And then that, again, that SEC 1 source, quote, we've had handlers that come into our building, walk into my office, and say, you can have this player, but it'll cost you blank. We tell them, no, thank you. We're not interested. Okay, sure. That, this is my side there. Sure. But then he goes on to finish and he says, and then those kids go to one of three schools in our conference every time. So maybe somebody who's a little bit more active on the SEC message boards could tell us if you know, tweet in at us. Let us know who those three schools are because it sounds like down there, they're pretty acutely aware of th- at least three SEC programs that are very involved in this back alley dealing for recruits. Yeah, and by the way, let, let's be very clear. Like people who, th- you know, if you think I'm trying to like defend Ohio State and say Ohio State would never, no, I I understand that every big time college football program, there are people around it who, whether the school wants them to or not, they are trying to act on the school's behalf and like trying to man. do things to help out. Yes, Common Man. By the way, it's National Signing Day. Common Man is not here, and he I know he was out running errands because he stopped by my house and he did not drop a big bag of money. He dropped off a big bag of liquor which I appreciate because that was my Christmas gift. But, yeah, like, go figure. He's not here today. Could be the most notorious bag man out there for all we know. But, yeah, I I just presume that at the big-time schools even, there are things that are not known that you can't do anything about. But everyone is aware you are able to walk through certain parking lots at any school in any part of the country, and players know where they can go if they have to, if they need to get a a few bucks. I think a lot of the top coaches, like – it's not that they don't know it goes on, but I do think they try to expunge themselves from the details as much as possible. They don't really even want to hear about it or anything like that unless, you know, there might be some guys who just consider themselves so high above it and hold themselves to a certain thing. But it, I mean, we've seen it with, with college basketball. All coaches care about is not really whether or not it's happening. It's whether or not they can deny it. And I think that's yeah. true at just about every program because there's, if you're a winning football program by any means, there are definitely recruits who have received some sort of impermissible benefit to come play at your school. And you know what? For the most part, it's really not that big of a yeah. deal because well, it's a ridiculous system we have with the NCAA. If you read the, the bagman stories that were out there, there was one that I think, I want to say the Ringer did this a few years ago. I I could be wrong. It was one of those types of sites, though, where they had a whole thing where they talked in depth to like the the bag men who who do this for like not a living, but do this as like a main thing that they are very involved in, and they get very Mm -hmm. into it. But it was stuff that they were saying where there's a player whose grandmother needs a washing machine and maybe the player is close to the grandmother for whatever reason closer than like normally maybe you would be with your grandma uh and so that it, they know that if if suddenly like a brand new washer dryer set oh and a brand new fridge showed up at grandma's house that's going to yeah. go far with that player and if that happens and that player is aware of why it happened then that's the type of thing that could maybe get that player to decide to go to a school that they weren't cons- and consider honestly, otherwise. And honestly, it's the kind of stuff outside of sports that probably goes on when you're wooing high-level employees or actors to come be in a movie or whatever it might be. That kind oh, of it would stuff, be, little, yes, little it would be more so. It would be more so. That. that stuff just happens. And yeah. so why can't, you know, I'm not saying we should totally allow it, but the problem is it's going to keep happening like this under the table unless the NCAA changes some of their rules and figures uh, yeah. out a way for it to happen above board. Yeah, I, I tend to in these types of situations, especially here where who's getting hurt? 
Like, where's the victim in this crime? Like, people are getting things they need and or may want. If you're getting some money for it, I don't think that's a bad thing. And the ultimately, you're making a decision to go play college football somewhere. It's, and these are you know, kids that would, would be playing anywhere anyways. It's not yeah, like they're... Yeah. It's, it's not a reverse thing where the, the player is getting an opportunity so that the recruiter can get closer to his grandma. It's the opposite way yeah. around. Yeah. I don't I, know. Has I, anybody ever tried to woo a recruit to get closer <laughs> to somebody in his family? I don't no, know if that's no. around. Happen, of but. course not. Of course not. But that's. But in those situations, I blame the system, not the people who are taking advantage of the system, because mm-hmm. that system is what needs to be fixed. Like first when and foremost. didn't Johnny Manziel get in trouble? This was once he was already in school, but he got in trouble for like signing a bunch of autographs for money. He did. Like, he signed who cares? like six like hundred autographs. It's his signature. Well, we may not have to care because the uh, Supreme Court has decided to get involved in a case that may have far-reaching implications for all of this. We'll talk about that next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on Cleveland Avenue at 25th Avenue. It is causing some slowdowns in this area. Plan on backups for at least another half an hour. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today with professional counseling done securely online. Visit BetterHelp.com slash feel happy and get 15% off your first month. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Your undisputed leader in talking about nothing. This is Man and Bone. Welcome in. On campus coming up, 448. Chops is in for Common Man today. So a little bit of news related to what we were just talking about with uh, the dirty side of recruiting, which is not that dirty because everyone's aware it goes on and everyone pretty much doesn't care enough to turn anyone in in college athletics. Yeah, the not-so-secret, not-so-dirty, secret, dirty side of recruiting. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I I do. I want to clarify something. I said earlier, like, where's the victim there? I mean, yeah. If somebody was given a half a million dollars by someone who's connected to like organized crime, and then it's expected that in return for that, you will later become in the services of said organized crime family. Like, obviously, there's a limit to the corruption where even I would say that's bad. But yeah, given the rules that the NCAA has put in place, most of what players are looking for is someone who appreciates them and and believes in them and will give them some means to have some agency to do something like I with said, their for, career for like other give jobs them some money. in the world. It's essentially a signing bonus, which exists for tons of jobs that people take at, you know, at that age, even like yeah, coming out of college, your- you know, these a little younger, obviously you're going into college, but things like that. I mean, cause right now that's the thing about college football, especially it's a job. It is. Uh, and, and, and I think it's laughable that people don't consider it that. So, uh, the thing that that may affect all of this is that the Supreme Court has now agreed to take a case which will allow uh, them to discuss the idea of whether or not the NCAA should be allowed to limit what players can make in relation to playing college athletics. Um, it just sounds stupid when it's phrased that way. When right? it's phrased I mean, as what it really is, it just sounds ridiculous. I mean, like you said, Chops, if somebody is a really great artist... Uh, you know, graphic designer, they've maybe done some work. You you may think there's not a comparable for this, but there certainly is. You look at the kids who are like doing things on YouTube or doing things on TikTok or, or Snapchat, whatever medium they've chosen where they're publishing this stuff. And then a company that does marketing says, we'd like to hire you and you're, you're 22 years old. 
they they could get paid six figures for that because they're extremely talented or more. Mm-hmm. And if there's a few of those types of companies vying for their services, one company might say, hey, by the way, if you come here, we have excellent workout facilities. We're going to give you a car or you have an allowance to go buy a car out of your, you know, it's additional to your salary. Those are perks that would make the difference between you choosing one company and then or the other. The analogy work even better. Maybe have like access to m- marketing coaches and people that can help you with your image, which is what you know college football coaches make you better at playing football, things like that. So yeah, it's, but it's, from the backman yeah. standpoint, this idea of like a college player getting a car, it's like, oh, that's just <sighs> there. What are they going to have to do to get that? It's like I don't know. What does the twenty-five-year-old marketing guru have to do when he gets his six-figure salary? I've I, we. we I, I, I don't. I don't know why it's the car. You slam <laughs> the steering wheel in your company car. Yeah, I <laughs> right. Like we think college sports re- is living in this other world where it's not the real world and yet ultra talented people all the time get extra perks and benefits when there's a hiring process because yeah. the companies want them cuz it's competitive. So what the difference is is that you don't have like people who used to work at the Fortune 500 company show up in a trench coat and be like, "Hey, would you like a nice watch? Then come work for this company. Like you don't ever see that because it's not illegal to do. Because yeah. the company could just do it and say, "Yeah, we'll give you a bonus. We'll give you this nice extra vacation, whatever you want." It's an employment, and there is an understanding of it. So mm. the fact the Supreme Court's going to hear this could mean that the NCAA loses its ability to regulate what you make as a as a college athlete. Now we already know name, image, and likeness is coming down the pipe, right? We already are yeah. aware of that. What this would do is say the NCAA can't be involved in stuff like that, and they have no jurisdiction to come in and yell at anybody if a player takes a $3 million endorsement deal and then decides to go play at a school. Like That's what we're talking about could happen. And for the people who always want to you know, point out that, Oh, well, you know, what will happen to the, the teams? They'll just, they'll just all go to the, the best players and all that stuff. And it's like, well, that's mm. already what's happening, as we say every time, because you look at the national signing day today, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Oregon, Oklahoma, Florida, Notre Dame, and now Michigan has jumped back into the top 10. But again, those are the same schools every year, especially when you're looking at that like top four or Man. five. It's the same schools every year. If those guys were, if anything, it would give schools that have an opportunity to do stuff like this to bring in more guys. Texas is 17th. They can't bring in guys. Maryland's got the backing. Maryland's number 19 right now. They've got the backing of Under Armour behind them. That's a lot of money that could come in. Nebraska claims to have the entire state behind them, so the entire GDP of Nebraska could pay to get players into there. So if anything, I think it would actually make make it better in college football and not worse because it's as bad as it could be right now. Six five stars to Alabama, five to Ohio State, four to Georgia. The next three schools, one to LSU, two to Clemson, zero to Oregon. And then once you get outside of the top ten, there's nobody getting any of them. To take this to the point you were making where you said, you know, nowhere else but college football, and if you apply it to real jobs, you would laugh at these standards. Imagine if Google... And Facebook, there was an overriding group that came in and said, hey, uh, your employee lounge isn't allowed to have foosball tables and video games. 
Uh, you're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not allowed to let your employees work from home. You're not allowed to like do all these little perks and benefits that those companies get celebrated for. We for, need to for make sure recruiting. Ask Jeeves has a has a level playing right. field. Because yes, because what about poor Ask Jeeves? It used to be good 30 years ago, and now is not a thing. What? Who will save Pets.com from themselves? Right? <laughs> you know, like these arguments don't make sense anywhere else. But in college football, we or in college sports, we say they matter when. The reality is they don't. I if mean, the whole talented, scholarship it, thing is this. It was probably not always a given that they were going to give players scholarships, and then somebody came up with the idea of, oh, we can get better players in. If jobs. we can make sure their school is paid for and make sure they can live here for free and eat for free, well, let's start doing that. This is just an extension of it, and it's where we've gone because it's a billion-dollar industry now. The last time we had a global pandemic back in like the 19, you know, 1918, 1917, mm-hmm. 1919, around that time, the argument college football had just finished having was that one in like 1910 to 1920 in that decade. That was the argument was players should be people who have decided of their own volition to go to this school because they like the education. They like the atmosphere. They like the experience on campus. They should be paying customers who have gone to this school because they believe in the values of the school. And then if they just so happen to be good at football, well, then that's your lucky day. Like, that's what they initially said. And then it became the trend because a few schools started saying, well, we can't get anyone to come here who's good at football because none of our students like football, but we would like to play football. And we have a few coaches that would like to do that. So we're going to start recruiting better players by telling them if they come here, we'll pay for their school. That is literally the scholarship system. System we all defend now that was at one point a perk to play college sports so and there were people who defended it with the same arguments that they defend this stuff now of saying don't pay the players you'll ruin college football forever well it isn't ruined you've loved it for a hundred years and i'm sure the next hundred years of college athletics will be fine too if you if we choose to go down this road but We'll see what the Supreme Court says. They, they won't the weigh in on saying. this until June or July, so it's going to be a while till they get to this case, but they will rule on it. If you if you don't learn history, you're doomed to repeat it, and right now that's what we're doing in college sports, is that we're just saying, well, players, shouldn't they shouldn't be getting this extra stuff to play. Why not? The coaches get all this extra stuff to coach. Why can't the players? They're out there, too. Yeah, the argument that they'll run out of money, they won't. The, the, what you will find is that everything will just the price of everything will go up. You want to sponsor a uniform now? Guess what? It's going to be a lot more expensive. And guess who will pay that? Nike, Adidas, they will all pay because they all yep. want to be a part of it because it's big business. And maybe we'll so get away the from these inflated up. prices for these coaches. You know that it was in the prep today that about how much defensive coordinators are making at two and a half million dollars. Some of them are giving terrible returns on that. Maybe spread some of that money to the players who are actually out there doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, take a break. We'll go on campus to talk about some of that next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an injury accident on I-70 westbound after Miller. It is causing backups in this area. Please use caution over here. Watch out for traffic as it swerves to avoid the situation. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today with professional counseling done securely online. Visit BetterHelp.com slash feel happy and get 15% off your first month. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Come for the obesity, stay for the anger. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Wednesday to you. Chops in for Common Man today on campus in a second. Don't forget, tonight, Buckeyes will be on a campus, a different one than theirs. They'll be at Purdue. 
taking on the Boilermakers. Coverage starts at 6. Yep. Just after 7 right here on the fan. Chops, you ready to go? Ready to talk a little uh, NCAA sporting action? <laughs> let's head on campus. Ac- yeah, let's do it. Let's go on campus. Common Man and T-Bones. On campus, the latest college sports news and notes. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Don't go through another furnace breakdown. For fast, friendly service, call the experts at Logan Services now for a free estimate and next day furnace installation. Take it away, Chops. Here's some of the latest NCAA sports action, as T-Bone said. Um, It's a big recruiting day, obviously, National Signing Day. The early period, which is, as we said off the top of the show, the main one now. Ohio State signed their entire class today. 21 guys, second overall in the country. So good for them. Another guy who's got some things going. Jackson State Tigers land the number 4 junior college football prospect. Now, that might not mean that much to most people, but if you remember, Deion Sanders promised he would go after big-name recruits when he was announced as Jackson State's new head coach, and he's already delivering on that promise. Uh, Dehan Warren on Wednesday out of the ESPN Junior College 50. Warren, the number four ranked junior college football prospect, flipped his commitment from Georgia. So not only getting a high-ranked junior college transfer guy, he's flipping him from a school like Georgia. That means quite a little bit. Six-foot, 175-pound Warren is now the second-highest-ranked commit in the class behind Sanders' son, Shadir Sanders, an ESPN 300 quarterback out of Cedar Hills, Texas. So he's got his son and one of the top junior college guys coming to Jackson State. Neon Dion getting it done. Yeah, it's More recruit- pretty interesting that he was able to, you know, take that job and then already getting into the recruiting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what Dion does the next few years. I'll be keeping an eye on that for sure. Another recruiting story, Oklahoma, they signed the highest-rated quarterback of the day, five-star Caleb Williams. He's the nation's number one quarterback prospect. Um, they've officially landed the top quarterback in the 2021 class. He signed his national letter of intent today. He's also regarded as the number six overall recruit, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. Williams originally made his commitment to Oklahoma on the 4th of July over LSU and Maryland. So another example of the rich continue to get richer You know, as Oklahoma. Their pedigree for quarterback is just immaculate over the last half decade. And Lincoln Riley continues to pull in some amazing recruits there. Interestingly enough, this is from the article, Williams, a dual threat out of Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C., his family and him recently moved to Norman, Oklahoma, after learning his team would not be playing football this fall in D.C. With the pandemic changing the way most schools have operated, Williams was able to continue taking online classes remotely while making the cross-country move from the East Coast to the Heartland. So, a, a weird way to finish out his high school football career, but taking classes online and finishing out football playing in Norman, and now he's going to continue doing that for Oklahoma. There you go. Very good. This from the Athletics, Max Olson. So I just mentioned, you know, this top quarterback, he's signing with Oklahoma. How does this actually work out for people? So Max Olson uh, for the Athletic has been looking at top quarterback recruits and do they stay with the team they initially go to or do they leave? What goes on after they get on campus? So he wrote this article last year, but here are just some updated numbers. So he... As I mentioned, wrote the story last year, updated the data for the 2014 to 2018 classes. Only 32%, 79 out of 250, have not transferred, changed positions, or quit. And those are the top 50 quarterback recruits. So 
Not great uh, as far as no. attrition goes there. And most of the time, I feel like it's because, you know, teams like Ohio State especially, like they end up with two guys, maybe not in a class, but right next to each other, stuff like that. And one of them just goes. We just saw that happen with Joe Burrow. He ends up at LSU, and he still has a great career. You really can't be mad at the year Dwayne Haskins had in 2018, and now we've had two years of Justin Fields kind of also because of it. So it it, it stinks that you can't hold on to these guys, but for I think for most of these elite programs like Oklahoma and Ohio State, they hold on to at least one good quarterback, and it usually figures itself out. Yeah, it's almost like, I mean, why not get, if you can, get four or five good quarterbacks on campus, get them in there, find out what they can do, and then the one who's going to be the best is going to be as good as you can get, given that he's surrounded by all this other talent. And that that isn't a bad thing when the other players decide to go transfer out. It just means you found the best one, hopefully, if you made the right call. The other guys are going to go on and try to be as good as they can be, too. I don't... I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, look what happened with Jalen Hurts. You know, now he's in the NFL and doing well after transferring out because it didn't work out for him at Alabama. That okay, good for him. He pursued his opportunity. Now he's getting a chance in the NFL. So good for him. Some coaching news: Coastal Carolina coach Jamie Chadwell has signed a contract extension that links him to the Chanticleers through the 2027 season. So they've got him locked up for a while now. They announced that today. As we've talked about them, uh, Coastal Carolina, they're 11-0. and They're ranked number 12 in the college football playoff rankings. They've got one game left this year before any like bowl game or something like that. They'll play in Saturday's Sunbelt title game against Louisiana. They did not release financial details, but it's saying that the potential annual value uh, with incentives met would be the highest in the Sunbelt. So I don't really know where that lands you. Three, four million dollars. Something like that. He did interview uh, Chadwell did for South Carolina's head coaching vacancy and was also likely to be a candidate if Virginia Tech had uh, fired Justin Fuente, but he's staying with the Shants. There you go. All right. They had a good season, too, so I'm sure Dabo Swinney will be offended that they are not considered for the college football playoffs given that they are undefeated and have played as many games as Clemson, I want to say, or just about as many, so... I haven't heard Dabo go stump for them, though, so I'm not sure why that would be that he's not <laughs> well, stumping. And they, and they went undefeated. out there and they scheduled a game against an undefeated BYU. Had him come in on day's notice. You know, they're the kind of team you want in the playoff. Yeah, they're, right. They're buffing oh. their chest out anyone, anywhere, anytime. It's almost like Dabo is inconsistent in his argument and that maybe he's not making it in good faith or something. I don't know. More on that to come. We'll take a break when we come back. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we'll get you caught up with the rundown next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a serious accident on Lane Avenue at Olentangy River Road. This is an injury crash with emergency crews on scene. Please be extra cautious over here. Plan on slowdowns for at least another 20 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Is there something interfering with your happiness? BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. BetterHelp will match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And right now, get 15% off your first month. Visit BetterHelp.com slash happy for 15 15% off your first month. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Highly medicated, barely educated. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Oh, yeah. Hope you're having a good Wednesday. Having a good early signing day. The Buckeyes certainly are. Heard all the coverage here all day on the fan. We'll continue to talk about it in the rundown coming up. Chops is in for Mike today. And Chopper, I don't know if you saw this story about the uh, Lions center Frank Ragnow no this is going on so he apparently in the game against the Packers 
suffered an injury, which is now putting him in doubt for his start in Week 15. And, you know, you have injuries all the time, right? But I don't ever recall hearing of this one. Apparently during the game, he suffered what they are calling a fractured throat. I didn't know. I don't know. I didn't know that. I mean, I short of someone stepping on your neck and just, I, I, I don't know. I, here's what I don't understand. They say that it does not affect him eating or breathing, but what he's not supposed to do right now is talk. So center, well, center's got to yell out all the centers are talking all the time. Yeah. So that's a, that's a big thing. So it's not so much apparently that the pain is not manageable because he played through this when it happened. But they're saying that this until they can figure out how to how to help him and how to get this corrected, they are saying he can't talk, and then of course that would mean he probably can't play center. So yeah, they're not sure what's going to happen. Fractured throat. Do they know when it happened in the game? Like what happened to him that caused this, or was it just? I mean, I would have to. I would have to think defensive lineman's like club hand right to his his throat, and that's what I could see is someone is either like trying to swim past him, or they just get their hands up inside a little bit too high, and just you know if you pop somebody really hard right there in the throat, I guess the right spot, maybe that is it. Is it Roadhouse where the guy reaches in and like pulls out the esophagus? That's right. So it's, it's similar to that. Dalton is what, right, I is think what is, uh, yeah, Patrick Swayze's character. Yeah, that's, that's it. So, uh, he didn't, he doesn't know his own strength. He doesn't, he doesn't mean <laughs> to do it, but he does do it. And, uh, how do you yeah. not mean to do that? Well, I mean, not that he doesn't mean to, but it's just, he's so talented as a martial artist and he's so <laughs> strong and he's so, so good of a fighter. He just, he doesn't mean to rip people's throats out, but he ends up doing it more than once. So, Good news yeah. for that guy in Roadhouse, though. He can actually still eat and breathe just talking that he can't do once his <laughs> right, yeah. throat was ripped out. Yeah, so uh, he's got, I don't know. I mean, I would think, because I've heard of guys who have had like a, a, a crushed larynx, which is where, that's where all of your vocal cords are. Uh-huh. You would think they would say something like that if that's what it was, but they're saying, again, a term I've never heard before, fractured throat. So... If there is someone who's like an ear, nose, throat person who's like a doctor or nurse, someone just feel free to tweet us at man and bone nine seven one and let us know, like, because I, I don't know what. And that then what is. do you do for that? Do you like he just has to sit there and not talk? That I guess be, that's. I mean, for some people that'd hey, be easier than, <laughs> than right. I, well, for depends. us, that would I would never I wouldn't last five minutes. They would have to sedate me because I just can't stop talking. So that would that'd probably be bad, but. I, yeah, that's a that's a pretty rough injury, one that I had not heard of before, so I wanted to check to see if you had. And one other quick thing before we go, because we are on National Signing Day, and this is pretty big news. Notre Dame did sign a quarterback, but it's not a quarterback anybody really expected them to sign necessarily, other than perhaps their associate athletic director. Uh, that The associate athletic director for football is Ron Paulus, Ron Paulus II, technically, that would be the guy who famously Bino Cook back in the day predicted mm-hmm. would win two Heisman trophies. So, How many did he go on to win? Uh, none. Was it so two or none. three? Ted, was it three? Did he say three or just it was two? It was two. It was two. Was two. All right. Okay. All right. It was two. But still, he predicted he would win two Heisman trophies. He never won any and was a fine college quarterback, but was nothing to write home about. Well, his son now is old enough to play college football, and he has apparently signed with the Fighting Irish. Uh, so they. 
the article I read kind of talked him up a little bit. He's 6'3", 230 pounds. He had offers from Bowling Green, Central Michigan, Indiana State, Kentucky, and Yale. The quarterback so the, factories, yes. Right, right. So he is he is definitely there because his dad you know, played there, and this is a legacy type of thing. Not that he couldn't eventually turn into something, but as of right now, he's not a highly sought. Well, and he probably recruit. doesn't take up a football scholarship because you know a lot of people when they work for the university, especially higher up, they kind of get free tuition for their family anyway. So I bet he's kind of well, under that, and he's going to be more of a walk on and less of like a full on. That's interesting though, because they did say they're counting him as a scholarship uh, football player. Huh. Uh, so I don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if that scholarship is because dad works there or what, but yeah, apparently he's he's. Signed up. He's a three-star guy, so not not a like total nothing nobody. But mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder how much that's based on the name. Either way, Ron Paulus the third going to be at Notre Dame. So uh, keep well, your eyes I mean, up one that. thing's for sure: I bet he wins as many Heisman's as his dad. That probably could be the case. I also yeah. this is one of those many times now in sports where I just feel extraordinarily old because I hear some of the names and then a junior attached to them, and I go, "Oh no." That means I've gotten very old because I definitely remember when that guy played, and now I'm watching his son come up and play. Yeah, that That's, hasn't yikes. fully set in for me yet, but it's getting close. I mean, we've got a Frank Gore Jr. playing now. Frank Gore, he's just been in the league for so long. I mean, he was a player when I was a kid, so I don't fully feel that yet, but it's going to start happening. I, when, like, Bronny James is coming up, that'll be a big one to, to see LeBron James sure. Jr. playing. Well, yeah. we definitely we definitely have one of those uh, that we can talk about with the Buckeyes' new recruiting class, so why don't we go ahead and hit the rundown? Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Buckeyes have one of the best recruiting classes in the country. Today is early National Signing Day. Jack Sawyer, Amika Abuka, Donovan Jackson, Trayvon Henderson, Kyle McCord. Those are all your five-star guys all signed up. Now it's official, so they're ready to go. Uh, but the guy I was just talking about, Marvin Harrison Jr., that's another name that you know certainly yeah. is going to be familiar to a lot of football fans, and he has signed up as well, 6'3", 190-pounder from St. Joseph's Prep School, uh, yeah, out in Philadelphia. So that's another guy that uh, Brian Hartline recruited in and did a good job getting – Another talented recruiting class for Ohio State, but especially again with the wide receiver core. This they've got everything you want. You've got a stud quarterback, you've got some good running backs, great defensive players. Everything's here, and that's why Ohio State remains as good as ever when it comes to recruiting. Yeah, you mentioned how they have everything. I like how the uh the five stars, it's a group of five, which is already a great number. Not, you know, very few teams get up into that echelon as far as five star recruits go, but it's spread out. Like you got a defensive end, a wide receiver, an offensive guard, a running back, and a pro style quarterback. Hey, you could maybe want some more on the defensive side of the ball, but other I mean, other than that, it's you know, it's a spread out group. You know, these guys aren't gonna be like fully taking, you know, the snaps away from each other. So if these guys pan out, you're gonna have a pretty good solid base in the coming years for Ohio State, and that's true for every recruiting class, it seems like, since Urban Meyer got here. Yeah, definitely is. And meanwhile, on the other side of the the spectrum there, Michigan, you mentioned earlier, has they fluctuated throughout the day. They were top 10 class yesterday, then down to 14th, and then back up into the top 10 now. But they lost a couple of recruits today on the defensive side of the football who flipped, flipped to Maryland and UCLA. And that is something I'm surprised hasn't happened more with Michigan, but it is it is happening at least a little bit, and that is that there's uncertainty around this program. You don't know what's happening with Jim Harbaugh. I, I guess it's fair to point out maybe the recruits do know. Maybe they're being told exactly what's happening, but 
I would be surprised that no news is broken on that if that was the case. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the if the players are being told something, you would think enough people usually get informed of these type of decisions that it, it would leak out that, oh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh's coming back and he's signing a new deal or they're going to fire this coordinator or that coordinator. I'm sure they've been told that's likely maybe if, if some of that is, but yeah, I'm but really I'm curious not- what they're going to be doing. I don't know. I'm not sure how strong you can really feel about Jim Harbaugh because, like, his stance right now is like, I'm committed to Michigan, you know, right now and in the long term or whatever. But, like, until the, you know, the pen meets the paper and he signs a new contract extension, yeah, I just don't know how you can be certain about that. Maybe enough kids just want to play at Michigan and they trust that program. So that probably helps them just a little bit with a possible coaching turnover. But I would say right now, the way it's looking, if you are going to Michigan, the chance of Jim Harbaugh being there in four years or five years when you graduate and leave school, I would say pretty low. Even if he does sign an extension, we've heard that it's going to be shorter, it's going to be less lucrative, and it's going to have a smaller buyout, which opens up the chance they could fire him or the chance that it would be more enticing to leave for an NFL salary or something like that for Harbaugh. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I also think what's what's a little intriguing to me is that you know, this is a situation where I'm not sure that telling players that Jim Harbaugh is there for the long haul is that better or worse for recruiting? <laughs> like, does that, does it, I mean, I know that the uncertainty is obviously worse, but if the reality is I, there's got to be more than a few players who are saying, oh, Jim Harbaugh is still going to be there? Yeah, I'll pass. No thanks. Oh, there's a chance they might get rid of him and get someone else? I'm interested, but I would think they would want to know then obviously who that is. Yeah. I don't know what the brand is. Like, when I'm saying there's uncertainty at Michigan, it's not that. Jim Harbaugh, if he comes back, then they'll get a whole bunch of, of better recruits. It's that I wouldn't want to be around that program if I thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be coaching that team because they've underperformed significantly under him, and he has not shown a propensity to develop players. So unless yeah, you just really like, love Michigan, I guess you go. But other than that, I don't get it. It's just nowhere near the same like kind of uncertainty. That Not that these programs really have it, but you know, like Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day, both they their name gets brought up in NFL circles. I'm not sure if they take them seriously or if really the NFL does, but at least like on the surface, those are two names that, that come up. Now Harbaugh like sort of has that just because he has some pedigree in the NFL, but I don't think the NFL is that interested in coaching him. So it, it it's weird like. They don't have him signed, so that brings the uncertainty, but I just don't see him leaving either as long as they want to renew him. So maybe that is enough for the players to just hear that we want to resign him. We've just been waiting for the end of the season. It, yeah, it feels like what they're, what they're stacking up right now is Jim Harbaugh can leave if he wants to, mm-hmm. and he's earned that right as a Michigan man somehow nice. to go leave you twisting in the wind until the NFL all the cards fall there and maybe he ends up with a job in the NFL. Maybe not. Maybe he just doesn't see any opportunities that he wants and maybe they don't want him. And then he comes back and says, okay, I didn't get that NFL gig. I'm ready to deal with Michigan and I will take less money because I understand you're not going to pay me seven and a half million dollars a year. I just, I, I don't know why that's allowed to occur. What well, does he earn the allowing- right to do that? What you're allowing is for two guys in Columbus, Ohio to sit here and putz around and talk about what he's doing and what's going to go on with Michigan. And <laughs> right. like when it could just be a, we're not talking about this for any other coach right now. Every other coach is locked in for three or more years or whatever it is. That's where you kind of want your coach to have at least that much on his contract. And except for the coaches that have already fired people and are in the process of looking, we know what's going on with the, they are the weirdest coaching situation right now in college football. They are. 
And and I can guarantee you that there are players who otherwise might have considered them more seriously who and I'm not just talking about this year, I'm talking about think about next year. You you should already be well into twenty twenty two recruiting, which I know like Ohio State is, a lot of other schools are. What are you selling those guys on? You know, like mm-hmm. at least if you had a new coach lined up, you could say, Here's what we think this coach is gonna do. Right now, 2021 is uncertain, let alone 2022 for Michigan. So good news I is think that two this is going to damage their promise. Recruiting. You can promise nowhere to go but up, pr- pretty much. I mean, <laughs> you can I promise playing time. You could say yeah. if you're good, you'll play right away because we're looking for guys. So that's, that's probably true. They, yeah, that's probably how they held on to their five star quarterback. Just saying, like, <laughs> hey, I mean, it's, look at you the quarterbacks in. we have. <laughs> yeah, this will be your program. That is what they're telling him. They're saying if you come in here, you play three years, you can own Michigan, and then you can go to the NFL. That's what we're going to do for you, even if that does seem highly unlikely. Uh, by the way, speaking of. Uh, Collegiate Athletics will switch to Ohio State basketball for a second because UCLA is going to be the opponent now instead of North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic on Saturday. And the reason for that, Chops, was because of testing, right, with COVID-19? Yeah, the official release says the revised schedule was created to more closely align COVID-19 testing protocols between the competing programs and their respective conferences. So Ohio State was supposed to play North Carolina and Kentucky was supposed to play UCLA. Instead, they think the ACC and the SEC match up better and the uh, Pac-12 and the Big Ten match up better. So they flipped that. Still the same four teams going to the CBS Sports Classic in Cleveland this weekend, but they've swapped opponents. There you go. Uh, Teddy, let's wrap it up. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Boren Brothers Waste Services, the real local trash company. Boren Brothers, taking out the trash. Of course, Buckeye basketball tonight on the fan. Purdue, 7 o'clock from Mackey Arena, 6 p.m. is the start of our coverage with Timmy Hall, who has a massive 11-minute show, I believe he does, with Buckeye warm-up. And then... Then it will be the neck, the network pregame will be on after that. But we get to talk to Timmy Hall, so I'm very excited to say hi to him. I'm sure you are too, Chops. It's what we're all looking forward to for the rest of our day. Yes. Uh, <laughs> can't wait. A current Buckeye just did something no Buckeye has ever done. We'll give you details on that next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Still watching a serious accident on Lane Avenue at Olentangy River Road. This accident does involve an injury with emergency crews on scene trying to get this cleaned up. Please be extra cautious over here and watch out for heavy backups. This traffic report is sponsored by New Canada Dry Bowl Ginger. Ready for a ginger ale so bold it would send Grandma ambling for the hills? Try Canada Dry Bowl Ginger with an extra kick of real ginger taste that blow the butterscotch out of your grandma's bowl. Canada Dry Bowl Ginger, not your grandma's ginger ale. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Come. Just a couple of guys touching rim and sucking on breath mints. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I, with the, no, no. This is Man and Bone. No common man today. Chops is in for him. Buckeye basketball coming up tonight. Taking on Purdue. All the coverage right here on the fan. Starting at 6. So, uh, Chops, there was something that we were talking about before the show that Happened today that apparently no Buckeye has ever done, and I I am floored by that, and so are you. But yeah. the story is that Sean Wade, and uh, you've heard this in Timmy's uh, sports updates here all, all afternoon, he has won the Big Ten's Tatum Woodson Defensive Back of the Year Award, uh, which is the first time an Ohio State player has won the Defensive Back of the Year Award in the Big Ten since its inception in 2011. And I find that to be... Shocking. I, I'm surprised no other Buckeye defensive back has won that. Yeah, so it's only been around about a decade, but still, if you're going to 
take a snapshot of a decade for Ohio State defensive back play, this is probably the best decade that it's ever been, especially if you're looking at where first-round uh, draft picks are going from the Buckeyes. It, it is shocking to me that this is the, the first one to do it. Is it is it maybe the coaching you know, thing with Ohio State where like they they seem to not get credit because oh they're just supposed to be good. But we've seen lots of other Ohio State players. They've won a ton of the offensive line awards. They've won the quarterbacks have just been eaten up offensive player of the year and quarterback of the year in the conference. So I I don't know how an Ohio State defensive back has not won this award yet. Yeah, I'm surprised as well because I just let, let's let's go back and refresh through the uh, position here for a second. Last year, or this earlier this year, so these are players from 2019, obviously, but Jeff Okuda, Damon Arnett, both taken in the first round. Jeff Okuda mm-hmm. would be an easy, you would think, would have gotten that nod yeah. and, and did not. Um, you go back a few years before that, obviously Denzel Ward with the Browns uh, is where he ended up. But that's a that's a fourth overall pick. Again, I mean, these are players these that we guys knew at the that- time were that good, and I'm surprised they didn't get that nod. And they weren't guys that were hyped and then had like down seasons or anything. They played great for Ohio State, so that's that's yeah. the part that makes it a little more shocking. And like, not to like be down on Sean Wade or anything, but he's had a few question marks this year. You know, moving outside, he's had a few times where it looks like you know he got quote unquote mossed, and the, the guy's got the high point over him. But he's made some tremendous plays as well, and he still looks like a a really good defensive back. But I would not rate him very high on the list of you know recent Buckeyes as far as you know crazy award winning level for defensive backs. Right. If you if you said after you know all is said and done, just looking at what we know of Sean Wade's career, who again is very talented. Talented in Denzel Ward's career, and you said one of those guys won defensive, you know, back of the year in the Big Ten. I mean, everybody would pick Denzel Ward if you weren't already aware that he didn't mm-hmm. win it. And then like uh, a yeah, guy like Malik Hooker who just came in and was just all world in a, a ball hawk, and you know, this is for defensive back, so he's not a cornerback, he's playing safety, but that's part of the defensive backfield, and he's a guy yeah. who you'd think could have easily won it. But I guess it well, in that to go year to- too. Go ahead. I was just going to say, in that year, you had Marshawn Lattimore, Malik Hooker, and Gary on Conley. So maybe it worked against the Buckeyes that all three of those guys were pretty great, but maybe mm-hmm. they didn't view any one of them as being so outstanding. Maybe, maybe it helps a little bit to just be so far above the other players on your team. If there's one guy for like another Big Ten team who's just, he's the only one back there, maybe that usually in other years has worked in his favor because he just looks comparably so much better. So I, I don't think know. that would have been the 16 year for Malik Hooker. Yeah. I think that's yep. right. And Jordan Lewis, cornerback out of Michigan, won it that year. And I mean, you look at this list and it's, a, you know, they're good players. Alfonso Denard from Nebraska won it in 11. Micah Hyde from Iowa in 2012. Darquez Denard from Michigan State in 2013. Curtis Drummond from Michigan State in 2014. Desmond King from Iowa. You know, as you go down the list, these are also players who were a lot of them in the NFL and playing good. So it's not like it's not like you're throwing it out there that like, oh, none of these guys are any good. But you know, yeah, maybe this is going <laughs> to throw it back to a team I also like. Iowa's won four of these. So maybe there is a little bit to the, if you exceed expectations, you get a little bit of an extra bump for these type of awards, especially in the Big Ten, it seems. That's that's probably fair. Who won it in 2014, did you say? Curtis Drummond from Michigan okay. State. Yeah, and, and obviously he was pretty talented, but Bradley Roby was, you know, in the, uh, or no, not in 2014, 2013 is the year I should have mentioned. That was, uh, Dark, Dark West Denard, right? That was who yeah. you said, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can, I mean, he had a really great year that year too. So, but Bradley Roby, that was his year. And I know Buckeye fans were down on how his time here ended, but 
he had a pretty great year going into that season as well. So maybe it's just the higher expectations to your point. I don't know. It's, it's truly weird though that, that that hasn't happened in, in over 10 years. Or maybe there's just a secret moratorium. We don't know that <laughs> everyone is required not to vote for the Buckeyes for these positional awards for 10 years. That clearly isn't the case because plenty of Buckeyes have won these awards. But how about this one? No Buckeyes since 2011 is one linebacker of the year in the conference either. That, you know what though? That is a, that is a little bit more believable stat for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. his pass rush has been great. Secondary has been pretty great. It has been, uh, it, it, it's not been quite the same at linebacker. Although, I mean, that is excluding guys like Ryan Shazier, who Ryan Shazier, I think, finished up in 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, that's right. Yeah. He was definitely, you know, my first year was the 2012 season, my first year in school, and he was on the team then. So, yeah, he would have been around, I think, 2012 and 2013. I think you're right there. Yeah. But I'm just saying, linebacker has been a little bit of a different position. And yeah, again, I mean, it's another it's another who's who list. I mean, Levante yeah. David in 2011, Michael Mowdy from Penn State, Chris Borland, Mike Hull from Penn State, uh, Joe Schobert, Jabril Peppers, Josie Jewell, Devin Bush, Micah Parsons, Patty Fisher this year. That is a good list. <laughs> it is. No, it, it's talented players. Nothing. I guess the argument is is <laughs> it sounds weird for Ohio State fans to say, why aren't we getting enough credit? Because plenty of Buckeyes get credit all the time. They get it from the moment they walk on campus. They get it the second they are being considered for a college football playoff position. Yeah. Often they get it for these postseason awards, but not always. And then when it comes to the draft, they also get that consideration. So yeah, if you're if if you're disappointed a little bit like I am that no defensive back for Ohio State has been given that award, it's not like yes, it's not egregious. It's just odd. It's a weird thing to kind of note given how much talent has come through defensive back, you know, room at Ohio State over the last decades. And so. your your reasoning for the the defensive front being so good, yeah, is definitely part of it. They've won that a ton since 2011. Now the defensive lineman of the year apparently has been around since 1984. Not sure exactly why that one. It was Big Ten radio broadcasters until 1991, selected by the coaches. Since and in 2011, it was named the Smith Brown Defensive Lineman of the Year. But you've got guys like John Simon, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa, Taekwon Lewis, Nick Bosa, Chase Young. So lots of Buckeyes yeah. on the defensive <laughs> lineman of the right. year. Right. I'm just saying, like, we, we know the defensive line has been a strength of this team and it's shown in that award. But the defensive backfield has been pretty good too. Yeah. And for whatever reason, just hasn't gotten the same time. About, of yeah. When you think about it that way too, like the linebackers have not had the same production in the NFL draft as the defensive linemen have, but the cornerbacks yeah. and the safeties, they kind of have. So it's yeah. surprising they haven't won that. Yeah. It's been similar for sure. Uh, we'll take a break when we come back. It's a game show coming up next with Chops. You're listening to Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You'll find that earlier accident has cleared from I-70 westbound after Miller. All lanes are open in that area. The traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on delays for at least another 10 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by New Canada Dry Bold Ginger. Ready for a ginger ale so bold it would send Grandma ambling for the hills? Try Canada Dry Bold Ginger with an extra kick of real ginger taste that blow the butterscotch out of your grandma's bowl. Canada Dry Bold Ginger, not your grandma's ginger ale. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Dare, dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Welcome in. No common man today. Chops is filling in for him. We'll have a game show in just a moment. But uh, 
I saw that uh, Mike has posted a very cute photo of his daughter on Twitter outside in the snow wearing all the, the snow gear, you know, the hat, coat, boots, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me, this is good news. It means Mike has finished up delivering all the bags of cash to all the recruits today. So he is now all relaxing the at home. by 11 a.m. Well, that doesn't mean you can't uh, flip someone, you know. <laughs> I mean, just because you got all the guys you expected doesn't mean you're not trying to turn another recruit. So True. Good news is, if you were worried about that, did Mike get all of his bags of cash out? The answer is yes. All the recruits are getting taken care of by a common man. That's why he's off today. He's out paying the people. And by the people, I mean guys who can play football and help Ohio State win. That's what's happening. There's <laughs> definitely no joking going on there. So please take that seriously and write letters to whoever you have to. Uh, all right. Let's do a game show. Let's hear it. What do we got today, Chops? All right. So for the game show, it's a, a throwback to what we did in October for Halloween and scary movies. Today we're going to do real Christmas movies I've watched this season or just a completely made-up title. And we'll see how you do. I, I like to dive into the movies and get pretty deep in the Netflix and Amazon Prime streams, some of them Hulu even. So we'll see All how right. you do. Okay. I'm uh, I'm not a Grinch. It's not like I love Christmas. You know, we decorated the house. We're... We're good to go in that regard. A lot of the, almost all the Christmas shopping's done. Got a few last minute things that are probably going to be coming in, but like I love Christmas. It's just I don't watch a ton of Christmas movies, so I don't know how I'll do on this. But I'm going to give it my best shot. I get it. You're Scrooge. I get it. First <laughs> up, Countryside Christmas or Midnight at the Magnolia? Well, I, I mean, Midnight at the Magnolia doesn't even that doesn't sound Christmassy. Hmm. That it sounds like. Are you trying to throw me with that? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Midnight at the Magnolia because I think you're trying to throw me. Correct. Yes. All right. Mid- Midnight at the Magnolia, a true movie I've watched this year. One of the better ones. I mean, it's it's up there with like your Hallmark, like really by the numbers type story. But I like this one. Maybe also because it was a little bit in like our industry. It's about two people who have been friends since they were kids in high school and stuff like that, and they now host a morning radio show in Chicago, and they want to endear themselves to their listeners so some more so they're gonna introduce everybody to their significant others on new year's so this goes from christmas to new year's this movie uh-huh. um but then their significant others both break up with them so then they decide to pretend they're dating themselves and reveal to their parents on that night at the magnolia which is a jazz club that the two hosts uh, dads own together as like a big cross promotional thing to help the jazz club and then they're going to reveal to help their radio show which is up for like going on like satellite radio and then you know it turns out they actually do have feelings for each other and then the feelings get hurt and then they do eventually get together though wow wow that's uh it took us on a journey i gotta say i already i like that one i i recommend down all right well good i'll have to maybe i'll look into that all right what's next up next christmas with a prince or christmas with a princess (sighs) that's 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 good because there's really it's 50 50 i'm gonna go christmas i'll go christmas with a prince Correct. You're doing good yes. so far. Purple Rain. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> prince is back, baby. Glad to hear it. No, Christmas with not- a Prince is terrible. It's about a prince of some random European country. For some reason, he's over in the States skiing, and he breaks his leg, and he has to go to a hospital where the doctor taking care of him is somebody he went to boarding school with, which I don't know where like an American doctor goes to boarding school that they're in the same place that they end up with a prince. I don't know. They apparently know each other, but he's a little older than her, so it's really stupid. There's the whole location. 
location the whole time is the hospital, except for like one scene where they go to like a ball and then she doesn't fit in because she's only a doctor and all these right. people are royal. <laughs> and it's like she's all dolled up for the ball. She looks fine. It's it's ridiculous. It's not a good Nothing. one. I mean, nothing more relatable, really, when it comes down to it than being a medical professional, a doctor, and being told, oh, yeah, that's lowbrow. That's not, you're, no, you're not, you're not in high you, you can't even afford a third vacation home. How dare you? Get away from us. Yeah, I, I think we can all relate to that. Up next, the holiday calendar or antique advent? Hmm. I <laughs> I like Antique Advent, even if that's the fake one. I, I like the title, so I'll go with that one. Incorrect. Oh, that's good by you. It's good. This that's one's a good trick. Name. Holiday calendar is about an antique advent calendar that a girl ah. gets, and she opens it up, and as she as she opens it up and like looks at whatever the little trinket is or whatever, it's like little toys. Something from that like happens to her the next day. So like one is I think like an ice skater with a boy, and then she goes ice skating with the guy she kind of likes, and she's a photographer at like Santa's Village, and so it all kind of culminates in this little winter village, and again she falls in love a lot. The, the, it all just really ends with two people falling in love. You know how these movies go. Yes, of course, of course. So I did get an advent calendar. I got this year. A buddy of mine gave me a beer advent calendar. Mm. So every day I get a beer. That I open the I open the calendar in the morning. I take out the beer. I stick it in the fridge. And then for dinner, I've been going up and having the beer at dinner, which is a nice little treat for after the show. So, man, I, I thought you said you were going to like shotgun it right there, just <laughs> pop it open and take it right in the morning. <laughs> yes, that's right. Merry no. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, well, these are the big boys too. These are the like pint sized ones. So they're you know that'd be quite mm. the chug. And these are like German. <laughs> these are German beers. So a warm pint of German beer chugged in the morning. That's a way to start the day. I don't know if it's <laughs> ideal, but it's a way to start. All right. You are two for three, doing pretty good right now. Number four, most wonderful time or happiest season? I'll go with happiest season. Correct. All right. This one is probably the high water mark of the year. It's actually a pretty good one. It's got a great cast. Kristen Stewart is in it. Aubrey Plaza is in it. Uh, what's her name? Mary Stern, Sternberg. Sternberg. Stern, Stern, Ted Danson's wife. <laughs> She's yeah. in it. It's good, but it's about uh, it's about a couple, two two women, and they're going to meet the parents for the first time. But one of the one of the girls who they're going to meet these parents has not come out to her parents, so they pretend uh-huh. they're roommates, and uh. that causes a lot of conflict and a lot of strife going through it. But it, it's actually a very good one. Um, Eugene Levy's kid is in it too. Just oh, won all the yeah, awards. Dan Levy? Great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah, really funny go. in it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, I do. I do like Aubrey Plaza. She is. She's hilarious to me. Yes. So I'll have to check that one out. That's pretty good. Okay, you were three of four halfway through. Pretty good job. Up next, jingle jangle or never kiss a man in a Christmas sweater. <laughs> I'm gonna go with jingle jangle just because I don't. I think the other one's too long of a title that they wouldn't do it. So give me jingle jangle. This one was the trick question that you would get right no matter what. Because technically, they are both real ones. I just couldn't leave out Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater. Um, But we'll go over Jingle Jangle. This one was actually a musical. So it was actually pretty good. I think if you have kids, uh, this one would be one I recommend. It's about a toy maker played by Forrest Whitaker who gets all of his toy ideas, his invention ideas, stolen from his former apprentice who is played by Keegan-Michael Key. And then that guy creates like like an empire. It's kind of like if... um, 
the guy trying to steal the everlasting gobstopper in Willy Wonka actually got it and like took everything <laughs> from Willy Wonka. And then the whole movie is about how he's like trying to find his inspiration again. And his granddaughter actually has the same uh, invention inspiration. So she comes and she kind of reinvigorates that. And then there's some pretty fun musical numbers in it as well. I think uh, kind of an adventure one for kids too. Very cool. All right. You were doing well. You were four for five right, right well, now. Give me, Number- give me one. Give me one more, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. Ooh, okay. The princess swapped, swapped again, or the princess switched, switched again. <laughs> I'll go with the second one. The princess switched, switched again. Correct. Yeah. What did you? Five what or is six. This? Okay, so what this is one is a sequel to The Princess Switch, at which uh, originally starred Vanessa Hudgens playing two characters, where she goes over for some sort of international baking competition, and she brings her friend with her, and the they meet some girl who's in royalty, and she likes the friend, but so to get her closer to the friend, because royal people are so busy, they switch. So she then go, plays the royal person, and the, royal, the real royal girl meets that friend, and then... Uh, they fall in love. Then she falls in love with a prince, and then she becomes royalty. And then in the second one, there's a third Vanessa Hudgens. So now that she's playing three roles, and they all, all right. switch. All and, right. And then at the end, oh, I, no, I can't spoil it. It's too big of a. It's too big of a thing. But th- let's just say there are some universes crossing that they reveal at the oh. end between <laughs> other Netflix Christmas movies, and it's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. I also do think the movie industry slightly overrates the ability of people to pull off body switches. Like, the, the, the There's funniest, not a lot of that that actually can occur. I don't think the, that works very well. The funniest one is they look at each other and they're like, we don't look that much alike. And it's like, you did the same exact face. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. All right. We'll take a break. Thank you for that, Chops. When we come back. It's the back page next. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads. You'll find delays on I-70 downtown split eastbound between Livingston Avenue and the 71 East Split. And slowdowns on 71 northbound between I-70 and East Broad Street. Ten-minute delays in both areas. This traffic report is sponsored by DEA 360 Strategy. WakeUpCentralOhio.com. Heroin, meth, and fentanyl grip our community. Prevention and treatment can make a difference. It's time to wake up Central Ohio and protect those you care about. Visit wakeup-centralohio.com for resources to change lives. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Welcome in. Final segment of the program. Chops has been filling in for Common Man today. Timmy Hall is uh, in next to start off your Buckeye basketball pregame coverage, Buckeye warm-up. Timmy, how you doing, man? Bone chops, you guys. How are we doing tonight? Good, very good. So uh, good, good. Big, <laughs> you got a big eleven minute show today. I appreciate you jumping on with us. Nah, it's the least I can do. You know, you've been doing, but you've been doing updates all day too. So that's a little bit longer of a work day than the general. Now look, a whole. If they want another, if they want to make this, if they want to make this Buckeye hoops pregame local pregame longer, be my guest. I will. I could have an hour of content to break down for everyone if we get to a portion in the season where that is warranted. I mean, this is radio heaven for me, Bone. I get paid to talk about college basketball. I love doing the postgame coverage. It's it's maybe the most fun that I have. Buckeye football postgame, but really, this hoops team, you know how much I love the sport, so I'm in total radio heaven tonight. And every there night I go. do this. Yeah, all right. Absolutely. See, that's good. So this I just I know you're gonna break it down a little bit more, but this Purdue team this seems to present the biggest test of the Buckeyes by far, especially when you consider yeah. the roster limitations for the Buckeyes right now with a couple guys out, a couple yeah. big games out. 
No doubt about it, Bone. EJ Liddell was the leading scorer, and I, I do still think that we're a team that is not just going to revolve around EJ Liddell. I think he's the best player. I've been on him since you know midway through his freshman year. I think he's going to be just outstanding here, and I know you love him too. But Seth Towns is going to make a return soon. He keeps getting in these game day workouts, so that's a that's a positive sign. Despite what they tell us about being patient, we know this guy's two years coming off of an injury when he was a player of the year at Harvard. I, I can't imagine the mental anguish that guy's going through wanting to get back to the court. So there's two guys that are going to be key. And, and boys, this game is kind of significant because this is sort of the day the music died for me. You go back to the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State, on Thursday, March 12th, was getting ready to go out there and play a 7-10 game against Purdue. And that's when it all shut down. So here we go again. We got the boilers on the schedule. It's starting off Big Ten play. This has me pretty excited. Yeah, yeah, it, it should. I, and hopefully, I didn't know where you're going with that. I thought you were going to mention the the last time they went to Mackey Arena, which was almost not two years ago. <laughs> no, that, that, that wasn't that good. Was not yeah. good. That was no, not a good memory. But the memory. year before, the year before that, though, remember when Purdue was ranked third, and that was the K Bates Diop team. Yes, that was. One of the most unbelievable Buckeye basketball performances since I've been around here. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So hopefully they get more of that tonight and not the uh, not the game they had 21 months ago where they lost by almost 30. And I don't think they will. This team will be no, in this game. No. It'll be a lot. It'll be a lot more competitive, I would assume. And hopefully it's a Buckeye victory. So uh, yeah, we know it's coming up. We're yeah. Oh yeah. Take it to the yeah. bank. We're winning tonight. It's because. It's because the front line for this Boilermaker team, they have a lot of freshmen. You guys are going to notice a lot of new faces playing for the Boilermakers tonight. They've got this big seven foot three freshman, but I wouldn't rely too heavily on this ED kid. He's only playing about 15 minutes per game. They also just moved Travion Williams and Aaron Wheeler to the bench to start last game to sort of get him going because they played like crap against Miami. They've been up and down, so... I think uh, if we can just bring intensity and energy to this game, I think we'll be with them, and I think we'll be uh, the last team standing. The last team standing? There's only two. <laughs> what? Somebody has to be standing. Who's going to no, be leading I, score yeah. tonight, Timmy? I, We're still gonna make make I still want to be the last team standing. That's what I sure. want. Sure. What that was that, out. Chops? Who's going to be the leading scorer tonight for the Buckeyes? You know what? I, I have Justin hitting four threes tonight, and they're all timely, but I... I will put Dwayne Washington at twenty with the. Uh, well, you already you, you you make up a fake shot chart for oh, for the game yeah, before you do it. Yeah, come on, <laughs> and just see how close you can get to watch guessing. It, watch it. How a basketball it game's gonna go. Hey, watch it happen. Four threes for Justin Arns tonight. All right, at we're gonna opportune six. times. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you something right now, Justin Arns. It could be two seconds left. He could have four threes. And if that ball goes up in the air and goes in in a two-point game to make it five threes, Timmy is somewhere going to be under his breath going, damn. Like He's going to be so <laughs> mad that he got five threes instead of four because that's what he predicted, even though the Buckeyes would win. So let's hope something like that happens. you hear all the action tonight right here on The Fan. Back page, let's do it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. All right, Chops, take it away. All right, so we've got some snow here in central Ohio today. We've been hearing about storms hitting the, the northeast. So wherever this is exactly coming from, either way, this West Virginia school district, Jefferson County Schools, they got this letter yesterday in an email. For generations, families have greeted the first snow day of the year with joy. It is a time of renewed wonder at all the beautiful things that each season holds, a reminder of how fleeting a childhood can be, an opportunity to make some memories with your family that you 
hold on to for life. For all of these reasons and many more, Jefferson County City Schools will be completely closed for tomorrow, December 16th, so today, in honor of the first snow day of the year, closed for students, closed for virtual, closed for staff. It goes on to say some other things about enjoying hot chocolate and cozy fires as well, and that's signed by their superintendent, Bondi Shea Gibson. Good job out of you. Uh, Mrs. Gibson doing that for everybody. It's that's an amazing thing to do because one of the things, especially with kids doing like all the virtual school and how hard that is to adjust to, it seems like snow days might just be completely gone and they won't be able to do it. So it's nice to see a, a school go ahead and just give a snow day just because it's snowing. Yeah, that's right. Said by this is said by someone who definitely does not have kids yet and and can't understand that. Yes, yeah, sometimes it's nice to just send the kids to their, do their homework and shut up. <laughs> Please, so God. a few minutes of peace. All right, that's it for us. Timmy's up next, and of course, Buckeye basketball follows at seven p.m. right here on the fan. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Man and Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for slowdowns on I-70 westbound at the 71 East split. Road construction does have the roadway reduced to one lane in that area. You're going to find backups coming from Miller Avenue. This traffic report is sponsored by GEICO. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. GEICO.com. Easy. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Hey! Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But we have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry. The other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald. Bald, bald. Here's Man and Bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald. If I don't, if I didn't take these pills every single day, <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> hey. I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcasts, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, You're, I, I too shave, like I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No. You I, can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks. you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you... Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just... You have that look to you. A fat white guy. There's bald. No, is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. That shave it back down, but the the cue ball polished dome thing. 
that's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because well, I just fine want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat soccer-loving yes, guy. Good. Right I, don't, <laughs> I don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So, good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 